Jesus, Lord, as soon as I find where they lay, tied off them jolly and leaving mines on a long, hot summer day. And for every day I'm working on the Illinois River, get a half a day off good day. Oh, Tobo picking up barges on a long, hot summer day. boys we're back for another week of svs fly fishing podcast and man heard a lot of that sound this weekend i feel like that one had to have a yeehaw in front of it yeehaw that that song uh says we're some good old boys yeah man just just some good oh, old boys oh dude i just spilled beer in my lap oh that's good <laughs> my crotch is all wet just a good old boy <laughs> a with bitch. a wet crotch oh that's on the balls so speaking of good old boys, tonight's uh, oh. hey Jay, you still have your headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is starting off just like it should. Uh, <laughs> ah, he got he got a wet ass, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're supposed to not miss your lip by that much. How'd you miss your lip by three feet? <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of good old boys, we got a uh, Mr. Chad Wild. Coming or calling oh. back in tonight because he came into town all week. Oh, I can't wait to talk great. to him. I can't wait to hear his rendition of uh, what happened after I left town because it sounds like you guys oh. put well, him on like on a grade A class fishing trip. And you know what? He's just an absolute pleasure to spend a couple of days. Oh, with. he is. He's that, that was, it was so much fun. We can say this now because he's not on the the phone yet, but he's one of the best dudes I know. Mm-hmm. Chad, I thought that was your brother. You got separated at birth or something. We're close. Ah, that's good, man. So, tonight's show is being brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. A-Rex Hooks. A-Rexhooks.com. Sims Fishing. Fish it well. SimsFishing.com. Yeti Coolers. Yeti.com. Tonight, we are being brought to you live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Uh... We're going to do a couple plugs for Urban Fly Company tonight because, Mark, Chad has been using your flies and busting the shit out of them, man. <laughs> he, he's a believer. The whole crew up in Euclid, too, Bam Bam Jake, all them guys, they put two, three fish on the board this week on them, too. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, why not fishing? Check out their app, The Dock. Queen City Guiding, Ryan Evans. Book him for all your fall steelhead and... I guess anything. If there's other fish to catch too, so hit him up, QueenCityGuiding.com. So, uh, I, I want to tell one funny story before we get into the week. The week that was Chad. Um, I went on a bachelor party this week, and it was fun. It was the most fun that I've had in a long time. But are you too old for that shit? I'm too old for that shit. But uh, ah, I gotta get married earlier. Catch right? drinking water tonight. 
He cracked the water yeah, for the I, show. I, I forgot to bring it in. My wife had to fetch me water. But uh, I this is a story about timing. In my life, I've if had... she heard that, she would fetch you an ass whooping. I'm sorry. In my life, I've had some some days where I've produced like a, a large amount of gas. But they've never been like around the right people. This was the right people. I was around a bachelor party. Room full of dudes. We were in the shack, seven of us sleeping. And I had the loudest, longest, most comical farts <laughs> I could ever think of. There were like 12 minutes of just... Nobody clapped for you? <laughs> one, one time I did get an ovation. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, it was like every 15 minutes I had another one ready to rip. Uh, it was, <laughs> people were in the next day like, I couldn't sleep. I was too busy laughing at your farts. <laughs> and at night under the cover of darkness. You should have recorded it and set it for the alarm. At, at that time of night and being dark, no one had any idea who was ripping these loud, comical farts. <laughs> I was the farting hero for the rest of the trip. Did you, you ever uh, Did you ever make, uh, you, do you let everybody know it was you? Oh, yeah. The next day I was like, hey, did you guys hear my loud, comical, comical farts? They were the best. They're like, that was you? That was awesome. <laughs> did you say yeah my stomach hurt a little bit oh n- <laughs> no th- then they were like well we had like a piss rotation every like 20 minutes someone would wake up and piss and then it would just piss rotate and you broke the streak by going downstairs and taking the deuce at four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> nobody wanted to piss anymore <laughs> i piss outside yeah, someone was standing in line waiting to throw it off yeah someone had to go outside <laughs> so we we hopped on a a whitewater raft yesterday, and we had one older gentleman in our group with us. He was like 46. He was like, all right, guys, let's see if we can go like two hours without talking about poop. <laughs> like We would go like 15, 20 minutes, and then someone would say something about shit. And they're like, all right, start the clock over again. <laughs> we never made it more than like 40 minutes without talking about poop. You guys. You know, as full-grown adult males do. <laughs> when 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 around themselves. Oh yeah. But uh, um hey, I I want to give one recommendation about the trip that we went on. But don't leave the bar of 50-year-old women? Uh that Oh crap. Just, not unless you're 20. I just buried that bee behind the bar. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um no that you could do that. Um I did not. Someone in the group did. I know. I knew it was. It wasn't was your saying. turn. No, na- no names will be divulged on no, the, no, on no, the no, 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 no. They never do. Yeah. But, uh, excuse me. Yeah, he, he seemed to have a good time. He came back, walk of shame today, held his underwear over his head like a true champion. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But uh, um, oh. if anyone is interested in a great time, we went down to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> might be some action for you. I, Other I'm, than the white water. I'm trying to get you this 50-year-old lady's number. If I, I text that dude. <laughs> um, but uh, if anyone's interested in a great time, Adventures on the Gorge, uh, we had a river guide named Aaron Thompson. Uh, if you want a good time, that dude's been doing it since 1980. He's been guiding that river since three years before I was born. He knew And, and knows how to row. He knows how to row. Like I said, he had a rowing frame. Everyone else, all the other guides were just paddling and like ruddering. They were given the Dutch rudder. So uh, I would suggest uh, asking for Aaron if you go. New River Gorge, that is. What? what? No, we were actually we? we were floating the Gully River 
This oh, is what they call gully season because they're drawing down the lake and they discharge enough to make it feasible for the whitewater raft to have three week or three weeks of rafting in the gully. Prime season was so any wait. Yeah, it was cold. I'll tell any, you what. Any uh, colors changing over there? No, down there there's no colors changing. Still green. When, green as could be. when I woke up, uh, on, it all happened overnight within the last week. When I woke it? up on the van ride home, there was colors changed up here. Crazy. But, oh yeah, it's 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 changing here a lot. Oh, it's. Uh, oh. I mean, we've hit. Full's in, we've hit in full effect now. I, really, I've, I've been on the road driving all over the last three days. And You're it's seeing just it, right? Beautiful. Oh yeah, it's getting Floating. nice out. Oranges are popping. Oh. Yeah, reds. How about are that there. tree yesterday? Yeah, going down. This thing was like is as bright yellow as this flyable. It was just ridiculous. Maple, a beach. Oh yeah, all of them that are changing uh, our maples. Yeah, real small maples, real bright red, and then had like fire or real bright yellow with fire red. It was real pretty. Awesome. Oh, oh it's yeah, getting nice. They're dropping. It's that time. Yeah. Uh, there was so many deer moving yesterday morning. I think mm-hmm. we saw like fifteen deer on the way up there. After that's why. You, that's why you guys not to. Uh, spoil the story, and that's when you move fish. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> uh, well, here, <laughs> listen. After you, got, after are, you how guys, how do we have Mark or Chad? Sorry. Two minutes. How many? Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, you got a spoiler. You know, coming on here with some uh, good, good spoilers for our guest. I got a spoiler. And yeah, you know, or not a spoiler, or like a you know hyper. Oh, I'm telling you, up. this is th- that. W- sitting back looking at that was the two most memorable days that I've spent fishing in a long time with Chad. I mean, it was. I, I'm still a long time. That's the first time. I, I know, but but I'm saying like like two in a long time in general. Two consecutive days together what was the most enjoyable time that I've spent on the water fly fishing. I mean, we're going to talk about it a lot, but not only was a fishing epic, the food was. I mean, just everything. We we all got together Friday night, had a fire. Yeah, that was a great time, and just everything about the whole weekend. Sucks he had to leave early. Hold on. They put three muskie on the boat. They're going to get to talk about how, how many inches okay, was the total. Okay, wait. No, no, no. Here's the bad part. We slept in, screwed around in the morning, drank our coffee, did our thing. I said, these fish aren't going to start until this time. It was freezing. It, it was cold. I said, these fish are going to start this time. So we screwed around, slept in, did our thing. Got out there late, finished the first drift, stuck a muskie. <laughs> got home by 4.30, cranked up a huge fire, had everybody over the house, and had a big fire party all night. We put 122 inches of muskie in the boat, slept in, and we're still home by 4 o'clock. And we drove an hour and 15 minutes each way. That's, thank that's you. intense. <laughs> thank, thank you, you, Paul. You didn't go fishing. You went to catch them, bro. I mean, there's a difference. Some days it just wake up every, and... Every fish committed, three for three, and they all inhaled it. I have things not, line up. We'll get, not we'll get into only, a little more. We'll get into a little more of it with Chad here. We, we will, up. but real quick, I have never had all three fish all hooked deep like that. Every one of them fish inhaled them flies. Every one have always been the side of the mouth, top of the mouth round, mm-hmm. you know. Every one of them fish. They ate it deep. They were feeding hard. Alrighty. Well let's hey give him a ring. Let's uh, let's cut out with a, a little clip from him first. Is it is it say the F word? Yes. <laughs> As a fish gets landed, this is the reaction. Fuck yeah! Look at that shit, bro! Look at that shit! Hell yeah! And we'll be back.
when you eat it, here he is. Yes. Good fish. are back with chad wild what's happening brother long time no see i know i feel like i haven't seen you guys in forever it's been like 12 hours (laughs) (laughs) we're we originally we miss you already we'd originally thought about doing this live with you in studio but just time time didn't happen so uh over the phone is good yeah it was great to see the studio and see where you guys go from it's really cool space we like to say this is where the fudge gets packed (laughs) <laughs> and you know where it gets unpacked? <laughs> on the side of I-80? Yeah, on the side of I-80 and eastbound about 2 in the morning <laughs> Do they have bathrooms out there? Hey, Chad, just so you know yeah. I, I took a dump in a Bob Evans today that we did not eat at <laughs> We did not eat at <laughs> you, Did yeah, you, you look at everybody? No <laughs> When you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah, it's just gonna happen. How was you guys float today? It was huh. a nice pike you caught. Oh, thank you. It, it was a yeah. well surprising that we got there. They dropped the river. It was slow, but it was good. It was very, very okay. slow. No flow like yesterday. No. Yeah. Um, did Jay get any more smallmouth other than that one you sent over on picture? He farmed a doozy. No, a couple Holy of them just a couple shit. of them just missed missed the fly, man. Mm-hmm. Couple of it was right committed. there, and he pulled it out of its mouth. It was oh, like bullshit. it was borderline twenty. It came oh, up and said, shit. "Hi, Jay, catch me." And Jay said, "No, I'm going to take it out of your mouth." No, I didn't do that. He didn't. He didn't commit all the way. I got a funny story about your dad and Thursday's float. I, I thought he, I thought he hooked a trout, but but he missed a smallmouth. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it because of how he set the hook? One hundred percent. <laughs> he likes the hybrids because you don't have to set the hook. They do it. <clears throat> so, Chad, uh, we're, tonight, this show is all about you, bro. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Are you blushing? I am. Yeah, I'm the bride. <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's, let's give a little recap. When, when did wait, you... wait, this is your first appearance, right? No, Chad was on uh, about two, two months, months ago? ago. Oh, fuck. That's probably not here. Way too high. <laughs> <laughs> You're elevated. One or the other. Ah, oh no, like I fucking up. I fucking remember now. No, because You're saying some all kind of in depth shit. He wrote he wrote the story like about always. ice fishing. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I now I correlate. See, I don't gotta remember shit. I could always do it later. So when did you leave for the trip? When did you arrive? What what all went into this? How long's this trip been in the the works? It's been in the works for a long time. It's really honestly, it's been in the works since 2016 when I was last down there in you guys area. Um, I really like your area and I like you guys and I like, I like the friendship structure you guys have put together and with your families and everything like that. 
We have him fooled. It's, um, <laughs> it's really, it, it's a comfortable feeling for me because it, it reminds me a lot of my structure back home, you know, with my friends and family. But, um, but you guys share like the, the passion for fishing and everything. So that makes it even a different bond there. And I like the area so much. And I, I, I like the variety of species and the fact that there are muskies present and, um, and I just, I like them slow flowing rivers that are deep and, and dark and, and mysterious and, and, you know, predator fish in them. Cause even like a smallie, that's a, that's a real predator and walleyes and shit like that. And I just said, I got to get back down there. And through the past few months, I started feeling a little bit kind of, um, like claustrophobic a little bit here at home in Connecticut and I wanted to get out and do a few different things and, and try to catch some different types of fish that I don't necessarily have right here at my fingertips, which are predators. And so I've been doing some pike fishing uh, up in the Housatonic River and I wanted to just go. And I did this thing one day where we were chatting and like bullshitting on text and I was like, I, I Googled like from my house to yours and it was like the the thing was like seven hours something, and in my mind, like I rationalized, I was like, oh, seven hours. That's that's not that bad, you know. I'm like, yeah. that's really like two movies and a little bit more. And then I was like, well, it's almost a work day. It's like, yeah, right. I was like, it's really just you know two drives to Cape Cod. I was like, I could do that. It's it's really no big deal. <laughs> and right, you underestimate these things. Like I underestimated that drive. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it was it was punishing. But then I was like, I'm just gonna do it. Amanda, my wife, had had told me I should really go on a trip because I was going to go this summer to Wisconsin with some of the other fellows that we know, Fred and Kevin and and those guys, and fish for muskies there. But um, I couldn't because of the COVID, and we didn't feel comfortable flying necessarily. So I didn't go to Wisco, but I haven't been on a, a legit trip since I had my hips replaced. second one was like a year ago. So I was like, why not just do it? it? It's actually affordable because I knew you guys would treat me like a king, which you did. And it, it would be putting me back in touch with, with people that I really want to spend more time with and be friends with. So that's the thing. Like friendship requires a little basic modicum of effort. It doesn't require a lot of effort because you shouldn't have to try to be friends with people. But like you have to actually go go and, and get together with them in some way or, or keep in touch with them, just shoot a text or 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 just be around when they call and shit. And so I was like, I'm just gonna go see my friends. <laughs> so we planned it out and, and we had, had floats lined up and the anticipation so much fun as you go through texting, you know, like a week out, I was like, Hey, seven days I'm gonna be on my way and I'm excited and nervous and anticipating and there's a lot of emotions like nervousness the car i took this time was a 2003 subaru <laughs> did your mechanic buddy not let you take your uh your company car the company car needs new tires so i, I actually purchased four tires at a junkyard recently that i'm going to put on the company car they're really good tires you know some lady wrecked it and just uh, put their suv in the lot i says can i walk around i found them i was like i want those tires they gave them to me so if I had the tires, I might have taken the company car. But I bought a Subaru this summer for, like, beating around. 
it's got a lot of miles, but my, my friend's a mechanic and he's maintained it. And he said it was a good, good ride. So I bought it and it's a really fun car. And, um, so I, I jumped in the car on Wednesday after work and it was like four forty-five when I got out and it was a tough, tearful goodbye with my family. Cause I really do love my kids and my wife so much. And I'm really grateful for them. And she's the best for giving me that time and encouraging me, you know, to seek out my passions and, and to seek out, seek out the places where, where I can really be myself the most. And uh, so I was like, ah, seven hours. No, no big deal. <laughs> what an idiot. But the, the ride is actually a really enjoyable thing for me. I, I love to listen to music and drive. And it was more or less just an extended trip for me. Sometimes we talked about this, actually. Like, when I would go fishing no- normally in my, in my normal day-to-day life locally here, sometimes I would take, like, a really circuitous route so that I could listen to a few songs and drink a cup of coffee and um and kind of get myself mentally prepared to go fishing like be in a good place uh, a, a calm and and ready way to go fishing trying to do your best at it and and not just fuck around fuck around out there and by the way i'm gonna really try hard not to curse <laughs> i get no i got one more question about the car real quick you didn't yeah, buy it gently uh, used off a uh, a nice bull dike did you what's that i said you didn't buy it gently used off a bull dike did you no, no, why? No, it's su- just, you know, Subaru's stereotypes oh, are yeah. true. <laughs> hey, a lot of people say that. Hey, I'm down with that. That's fine by me. I got a, I got a rainbow sticker on my car, rainbow trout. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people some people might think that speaks to me. But I support that that community tremendously. And, and yeah, <laughs> I guess the, 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 uh, the stereotype there, not to be, not to be ashamed of really. Cause if you're driving a Subaru, you're driving a really good car. <laughs> so yeah, I bought it off of, um, a, an older lady who, who was selling it. I was going to get my company car like souped up, not souped up, but just like I told my mechanic and he was my friend. He's a good friend of mine. I said, listen, I want to throw 1500 into the company car so that it just is, you know, tight, you know, put brakes and rotors and, Treat it like it's your ride. You had fifteen hundred free dollars to put into it, and, and you know, shore it up for a few more years. It is a '98, after all, so this thing is an antique, literally. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that." A week later, he calls me up. He's like, "Check this out. My neighbor is selling her Subaru. It's got a brand new timing chain and brakes and brand new tires and all these. You know, he's like, I'm, I would say it's a great car. And if you don't want it, I'm gonna buy it." He's like, "She wants eighteen hundred. You're gonna give me fifteen, you know." mess around in, in the jeep when you don't really need it it's just a, a yard runner and she's like buy this car <laughs> I said, yeah great i did and so now i have he says to me tony goes he goes you should buy this because then you'd have two pieces of shit in your yard and one of them be running at any given time <laughs> <laughs> as any tree uh shade tree mechanic would say yeah no he's a great mechanic he's He's a third generation mechanic and his his father worked on my dad's cars and he works on mine and they had a shop for for years you know three generations had run the shop but they went out of business or they just they took themselves out of business cuz cuz Art was getting older and he got sick with the cancer and Tony he needed to I think Tony needed to have a job where he was getting steady paycheck without worrying about how many jobs he go through because um it's tough when you're when you're on your own business. It's very difficult, and I don't know what it's like to have to 
you know, consider that I have to put something out to get paid other than I go to work, but I don't have to like, you know, do all the shit that goes into running a business. So he just took all the equipment over to his yard and, and he still fixes my cars. I, I told you guys about him a little on the trip too, I think, because now I remember saying that, you know, he, he's what allows me to drive used cars. And it's really cool because I really like putting my money locally. I, I like giving money to small places to, to the best of my ability and contributing to, to the economy that way. And I still do that with him because this is a side job for him now, but obviously I'm going to pay him for his labor on, on what he does in my multiple pieces of shits. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was a fun ride. You know, I, I listened to great music and, and I put myself in a good position. I was very happy once I got going, you know, like it is difficult to leave. And I, I told the kids I'd miss them so much. And there's a certain guilt association because parenting is difficult with with two parents never mind with one so i'm leaving my wife with the kids and you know i didn't feel great about that but i I, there's that there's that dichotomy where you're like i feel incredible about what i'm about to go do and having that long drive allowed me to get into a headspace for predator fishing and i really believe in that and i believe in in mentally preparing for that type of fishing more so than any of my other fishing that i do you know, reminding myself, if I see one, you know, continue to move the fly, give it the same cadence, or if not faster. And, you know, what do you do when, when you get struck? How do you remember to strip set? And how do you, what do you do in, when, if you were to ever be lucky enough in life <laughs> to get one on a figure eight? You know, like I had never got one on a figure eight, but I, I figure eight a lot and I really enjoyed doing it. So just thinking that through and then being, being, you know, in my mind's eye, putting together you guys' waters and, and seeing those those slow creek bends and, and clay banks and, and the rust and, and the, the bridges. And I was so excited for that. And so before, finally, before we huh? get, before we get yeah, into it, how did our rivers and waters match up with your mind's eye? Well, I had been out your way in, in, in the Allegheny, and I drove around that area enough to be like yeah this is this is the place you know it's a really beautiful area and the people are so kind and jay's camp you know we went up there in 16 and i love that whole atmosphere and the idea of it uh, it was and and it lived up to to it tenfold it, it it's a great place and it's a wonderful trip and i'm so blessed to have been able to go on it i love those rivers so what time did you end up coming in on... I don't even know. I think I got to your house. I drove to Chad's and um, I pulled in sometime in the middle of the night and decompressed. You know, like the last half hour of that drive, seven and a half hours goes relatively quickly and, and it, it's solid. But the last half hour, like the last 50 miles is kind of a drain. I had set up in my mind also a game where it was like, it's 502 miles. And I set up a game where I was like, every 50 miles is, is you know, 10%. So you kind of know your progress fractionally that way by being like, oh, 150 miles, you know, 30%. Sweet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's just a little game to play when you're driving long, you know, like keep yourself engaged in the road and the activity because it's easy to sort of drift off. 
you know, you're playing some, some of your favorite songs and I had obviously my two thermoses full of iced coffee, which go everywhere with me now down to one lost one thermos, but we'll get there. And, um, (laughs) I got there at like two in the morning and you were so hospitable, like giving me a wonderful bed to sleep in, which was ultra comfortable, which he made when he woke up. I, to the best of my ability, that was a, a really crappy bed-making job. There's no doubt. Like I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to be like, go make your bed, and I'd do that. And she'd be like, that ain't good enough. Tuck that shit in. You know? I, was equate- I, I, I tried to throw it back together. I always equate to uh, making a bed like taking your shoes off, then tying them. You know, Why am I going to make my bed when I get out of it? You're going back in there, right? Eventually. Exactly. <laughs> There is something to be said for that. Like, there's that old military axiom that's like, when you get up and make your bed, uh, you've already accomplished one thing that day, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah, I made the bed. I accomplished one thing that day. <laughs> <laughs> you accomplished a little, and, um, a little bit more that day, but we'll get into I that. I did, <laughs> yeah. It was great. And, and we were meeting Rick, and I had met Rick in 16 briefly because he was up at jay's camp where we went up after i think day one of the beast and and we went and and hung out there and and chatted with him and some other folk um but that was that was another part of the appeal like when i would meet these fringe people in 16 like i knew that you guys and me had had enough in common where where we could sit and talk for hours and and i knew that heading in but everyone that I met also sort of had that same kind of kind of feeling to me where I, I really liked them. And we could find some common ground to speak about, which would generally be outdoors and fishing or, or hunting or or anything related. Um, but everyone was kind. And and even if even if I just barely met the people, they were really, really nice to me. And, and so I was psyched to get to go fish with Rick. And he proved you, Jay, your dad is a really fantastic human being. He's a really great guy. And I really enjoyed fishing with him and you. And that was cool, too. Like, I wanted to spread it out a little bit because, really, I, I was kind of looking at it as, like, a four-man crew, like our text. You know, me, the two Chads, Jay and Mark. But I, I also wanted to meet all those other people or a variety of other people that I didn't. Evan and and um, Jace, too, and, and some other folk. Like, I had, I had gently floated the idea of going out there and me and you to a few other guys, you know, that we collectively know. But... Yeah, it was all. It was perfect. I invited Don to fish for well. a day with us, but he ended up having a trip to go on, so he couldn't come. So yep. yeah, yeah. So we woke up and and it was it was so good to see you, Chad. Like I, <laughs> I was up. I, I have a thing where I, I have a hard time sleeping late. Today I slept till ten thirty, and I can honestly tell you it was that is the latest that I've slept in it, it well over twenty years. Even in college, like after a bad one. I'd be up relatively early, like six or seven. And nowadays, like on my normal structure or circadian rhythm, I'm generally awake at like four thirty, five o'clock at home. Cause we go to bed really early. You made a Duncan run and got back before I woke up. And I generally can, I can accomplish two Duncan runs before most wake up. So. <laughs> <laughs> so valid point. I did. Uh, I, I I just get up early and and that's your time too as a as a dad like no one's up at 5 a.m. so do whatever the hell you want <laughs> before you start either working or dadding and 
And so that's, I tie flies or I'll, I'll read or, or write a book or, you know, do some stuff like that early in the morning. If it were it's the Archad, he would time, jack off as many times as he early. could. <laughs> <laughs> as many times as he could before his kid woke up. That's what Chad would do with those extra couple hours. And, and that's a fair, you know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's being... That's being fair. Yeah. At least he'd accomplished a couple things, right? I, I, I would have got something done today. I wouldn't have made the bed, but I would have accomplished something. <laughs> I would have made That's it dirty. Great. That's great. Okay. Yeah, that would be a fine accomplishment, you know? <laughs> Challenge yourself. How many in a day? <laughs> How many before people wake up? So we um we went out. I slept probably, I would guess I slept about three or four hours. I don't know. I mean... I, I don't know how long it took me to fall asleep once I got to your house because I was just laid out there in this ultra comfort. I have this secret thing I do when I can't sleep and I'm, I'm somewhere else, or even if I'm at home, I do it. It's a secret thing. It, it really works, too. So if you can't sleep, listen up. This is what you do. Pretend, pretend you're like, you know, either late teens or early 20s and you're at like a giant ass house party out in the middle of nowhere. And, and you and your boys are like, we'll see how it goes. You know, you got the cars and and all of a sudden everybody ends up all banged up and you're like, we're crashing here at this whoever's house. And like, it's three in the morning, you're crawling around, you're, you're desperately drunk and you like crawl upstairs and, and go to a bedroom and you don't know what you're doing and, and there's no one in there. And there's some kid's sister's bed. <laughs> and it's all white and downy and soft and, and you you look at this you're pretending like you you're just about to sleep like under a tree or in a bush and and now there's this dream bed of someone's and you crawl in there and and that feeling of <laughs> pretending that allows me to go to sleep a lot of times like i'm like you should be super grateful for this ultra comfortable place that you're at go to sleep in it <laughs> <laughs> It works. I'm telling you, try it sometime. You know you've been there, right? I mean, you've been someplace, or maybe not be a party, somewhere where you probably were going to sleep uncomfortably. You've been drinking, man? Like, <laughs> you've been fucking damn, drinking? Hook up, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, comfy bed. Oh, <laughs> uh, After seven and a half hours of driving, dude, you uh, you probably would have had to pull me off the side of the road off of the trees I wrapped around. I don't, I don't think I could drive that far with my eyes open at night. It's a different thing. Um... I don't know if anyone, Chad, I think you drove down to Tennessee for these dudes, right? I drove down, Mark drove back. Uh, my dad and I drove to Maine to Jasper's house. Yep, yep. In one shot. Three this hours was, hurts yep. my ass. That was 14 and a half hours to Jasper's. Holy wow. shit. That's right. Yeah. So the longest I've driven straight. You know, the the author Jack Kerouac wrote all those kind of terrible novels. He's not a good writer, but <laughs> the romanticism of driving coast to coast is like a crazy thing to think about. Like him and Dean Moriarty going from New York to California in in one shot is like nuts. And my younger brother lives in L.A. and he drove cross country to come back this summer. He was supposed to get married, but his wedding got canceled because of COVID. And he and his wife, since they live in L.A., they just they spent the summer here for the most part. And they drove the whole way. They stopped a lot of times. But the longest straight that I've personally driven, stopping only for gas, no sleep, no nothing, 
is 21 hours. And I went Birmingham, Alabama to Providence, Rhode Island in one shot. And that was a hell of a drive. That's intense. I drove or I rode four hours today, hung over in the back of a rape van. That's tough. That may be even tougher than and it was, driving 21 hours by yourself. It was the worst thing ever. I got out of the van and threw up. And, and shitting in a yeah. Bob Evans that I yeah. didn't eat at. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to go where you got to go, right? That's what we said. <laughs> so we launched the boat on Thursday morning. We did. We went. Point A to point B. <laughs> no, I know. We went from point A to point B, right? Yeah. So we went from point A to point B on this really awesome river. And so when Chad got you in the middle of the hood, I mean, what did you think? You know, you got down to it. the middle of the hood and the river. Uh, no, I, I, I really enjoy enjoy urban fishing. And, and there's something really, really cool about fishing in an urban environment for a really majestic animal. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you catch a... We we here have one river in Connecticut that's maybe a little secret. I don't I don't talk about it, but it's um we call it the dirty and and it's a small stream with with really beautiful browns. One morning my friend Matt got two 20-inch browns in the morning. It was actually I know the day. It was November 28th, my wife's birthday. So I went fishing yeah. first thing in the morning with Matt. <laughs> we went we went that was before I euro nymphed, but Maddie Maddie was a really good and is or is an amazing Euro nymph angler and fly tire for it. And he caught two 20 inch Browns and, and it's in the middle of like, I guess you consider it like a small city, like, you know, name some of those towns out there like that we were in that had Sharon. You know, what's that? Sharon. Yeah. Sharon. Right. Something like that. You know, like for us, they're, they're usually old mill towns that have kind of fallen on hard times a little bit and, and so this river, which is a tributary of another really good river, so obviously you know you can trace it up and, and find your own. But there's there's some really beautiful and and majestic animals that live in like a really urban environment, and that is so cool. There's another river here in New England that has has like the biggest brown trout you've ever seen. I've never caught one there. You know they're few and far between, but they're these they're these like incredible wild things that are living and thriving in a place that most people would drive by and be like, Oh, look at that. It's all dirty and, and you know, yucky. And there's a shopping cart over there. And there's a Hoborn camp in down the road where, you know, you can give somebody directions to a good run because we'd be like, you know, go find that, that hobo down in there. You have a fire burning in a barrel. You go right past him. He knows where to get the shit. But that, that appeals to me a lot. I think a lot of people too, like, that's a really cool way to fish, right? It is. It's, yeah, that's why I took you on that float because I, I showed oh, you our shopping cart Here. and where the hobos would be if there weren't so many leaves. Is it is it called right under? No. Pe- is it called right under people's nose? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that little secret. That, that's that is so neat. It is so interesting um, to me to think about that. That's really cool. So I love you. I, you knew I was gonna love that float. So he, he hit it on the head. And we got on the water. It was still, the mist was rising. It was cold and it was crisp and, and, and the leaves were, were, you know, maybe not changing, but they get that, they get that brittle patina when they're ready and it's, it's gorgeous. And it was wonderful. And, and it was fishy right from the get, you know, I was like, oh, it's fishy. You know, I, I knew it was fish there. You, you don't have to be, you know, the greatest angler in the world to, to kind of know these things. 
and I had done some of that recently at home too. I, I started looking at, you know, different types of options here. And, and I, I, I stepped in shit when I was trying, I was like, I want to find a carp. So I've never caught a carp on a fly. I've never caught a carp period, but I wanted to find a carp on a fly. And so I started thinking of where I'd seen them in the past. And I had hooked one in this one particular river. It's no secret. It's a Natchaug river. And, and it's, it's a trout stream up, up river in the spring. They stock it very heavily put and take, but it gets too warm in the summer and there are smallmouth and, and, it flows into uh, a pike lake and, and it flows out and merges with another river to form the Chetucket, which is, a, I guess, a bigger river, which goes into the Thames. And the Thames reaches the Atlantic Ocean about, I don't know, however many miles south of me. But that's like how you could trace down my watershed. And, and I went to try to find a carp and I had a Helgramite fly on and I... I came to one spot that, you know, you come to a place and you're like, oh, it's the tits. There's, there's a fish there. And I was secretly hoping to find a pike that had worked its way like into the system. That's really what I'm, I'm trying to get here close to home is a predator thing. And I did, I, I found a bunch of really heavy smallmouth, like the biggest smallmouth I had ever caught. And, and I lucked into it just by looking for some carp. And I was like, that put me in smallmouth mode. You know, you catch a couple of good smallies and they go barreling out the water and, and bulldogging and shit it's, they'll get you right back into thinking about smallies and, and so I did and, and I got a smallie down there and that was our first fish of the day and when that happened it was like alright trip's made and, <laughs> I don't know if I I definitely told you but like getting one fish on a fishing trip oh that's yeah that's the icebreaker right? it, it's, it's the whole deal to me like that's great you caught a fish you know and that was a slammer of a smallmouth it was a heavy fish. Yeah, it was, it was fat. It was deep bellied. It was a big fish. That was awesome. That was really great too. And it's cool, like that river and any of those rivers, you get hit. You don't know what you got hit on. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, that's a small. You know right away. But when something initially strikes, it could be any number of different types of fish. Yeah. And the strike was aggressive and close to the surface. We found Leaving. that. We found that out later in the day. Oh, big time. Yeah. So I caught a smallie and then. Can I just go right to to your fish? Because that was that yeah. was excellent. For yeah, me. that was really great. So the sun got up on the water and it was it was warm and we made a little progress, you know, huffing down to get to spots that you guys wanted to fish. And by the way, I told Mark the next day I was like, those dudes go fly right by a spot and I'll like, they're like, oh, we don't never catch any here. And I'm like, they're looking for smallmouth and the reason they don't catch them is there's a freaking muskie in there. <laughs> oh yeah, we know. We just... I know we're, you know. We're but, trying to beat feet down. <laughs> right. So so we got we got down and, and um I started feeling a little loopy. It was low sleep right after a bad drive and, and I was trying to concentrate and I just wasn't fishing well. You're you get sloppy when you're dead tired and I was like, I gotta go take a rest. <laughs> And, I, and you got on a fish right away, right when I was like just getting in the water, and I didn't know what it was, but I thought it might have been a wiper because we were looking for hybrids too, which I also had never caught and still haven't. So I guess I got to come back pretty soon. <laughs> what they they fucking didn't let you catch one. Oh man, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm penalizing the these guys. They get they got to fish a fly with no hook now. Fuck yeah, that. right, exactly. What the They're fuck? like, oh yeah, fish that one. Sure, that's that's your fly right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they no, they did. The thing about it is, 
you can you hooked one i did hook one yeah yeah you can definitely go and, and learn it but but you you may not get one the first time that, that's totally part of the deal right you're not supposed to get one the first time almost you gotta kind of earn it a little bit but um but i was it was really neat to watch you bent up heavy on a big fish and i was like what is that because i was way across the river and i and ricky went out to you with the net and and you got it in the net and i was still like the anticipation was huge i was like what the fuck did he just catch it's big <laughs> i thought it might have been a pike initially what is you know it? it had it didn't have a wiper profile from distance it, i didn't know what it was but i thought you caught a pike right there it, it, or a small musky actually now i didn't think that at the time i thought it was a pike but it might have been you know a small musky you could catch anything who knows yeah it's like saltwater fishing right yeah yeah it is but it was a beautiful walleye. Um, it was gorgeous, and, and at least, at least I was better than two feet. It was a big fish. We should have tape measured it. We should have. And we should have tape measured Ricky's fish too, because I really want to know the total number of inches I caught on the weekend or been involved with. Because when you fish, like it, it for me, it, I I just want to. I, I I always tell people like when we go together, like I just want to see fish. Like I don't care if I catch them or you catch them. Like it's a it's a a commonality when you go fishing together you just want each other to be successful someone you want to see what you're looking for you guys, you guys could have measured girth and, and still gorgeous had a good walleye, day. you know bar gold and teeth and and it's just so cool that that lives right there in that urban environment and it's thriving it's a heavy healthy fish and those fish aren't stocked at all so that's no that's a wild fish wild wild natural that is that native to that watershed it yeah. probably is yeah the walleye yeah, i'd imagine yeah. i don't know it's native fish that's, oh, that's, that's totally natural right. they can do it there same with those wipers though i mean that's a that's a purebred <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah they're supposed Dream to be there red wipers. <laughs> yeah um, been there forever yeah. wherever they came from they're there bro yeah yeah they're such cool fish too aren't they they're, they're just so neat yeah a little, a little bit different than your stripers, um, huh? And and Jay Jay after the fact told me the key that I'll I'll always remember when I go back down there is that just all you have to say is cat and mouse game. That's it, you know. Don't fish it any other way. Fish it like a cat and mouse. Make them. You got to you got to make it. Just make that mistake, right? Isn't that what you said, Jay? I think oh yeah, that's like that. uh, and depends depends on the time of year. But this time of year when the water's low, it's all cat and mouse thing. I feel like Jace is right. And he talks about the way he fishes for him and the fast movements and don't let them. If you let them, if you just lead it up to them real nice and slow, they're not going to make a move at it. You got to burn it over their head, leave it in fast water. Anybody could leave it out there to be seen, but what is unseen is more, more appeasing to the fish. If you don't never let them get the good look at it, you know what I mean? Uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Like your I'm fly gonna, could look great. Your time that that. See now, and and that's the cool thing too, like about a trip like that is, it's not something I'm just gonna do once. So I, I want to really kind of get into it and and try to learn it for myself. I'm not opposed if I go somewhere to hiring a guide and, and paying, you know, paying someone. I've been really blessed that a lot of times I I, I will do that and then make a friend and and then be able to kind of kind of call the knowledge and 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 get get information that that would help you be successful in what limited hours you have you know knowing you can go and learn a place but that takes a lot of time and you can definitely get your coat pulled by somebody you know who's who's like-minded you know you wouldn't do it with somebody you wouldn't give info to some dude who you were like that's kind of a 
you know, prick or something. Yeah, no, not <laughs> always. Not, with good people. So not till you know them well enough, I right? I want to be able to gather that. So next time I go back, it's not, you know, putting your foot in. You can actually just like, you know, really know what you're doing and be even more successful. So, so how many guys, including you, where, where's a scenario you could think to throw your fly and you don't want it to really get a good look at it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting thing. It's I different. Probably, I don't, I've never actually fished for a false albacore on a fly rod, but I fished for them with spinning gear and they're incredible fish. So a lot of those have been around New England waters lately. I haven't fished for any of them, but. That's probably a similar thing where you're trying to just, you know, keep it away, it right out of there. Yeah, and, keep, and if you keep it away, there. they want it more. That's a that's a weird scenario, but it's the culmination of what's got to be in that moment, you know. Totally, yeah, you're absolutely right. But Ricky hooked one, and and again, I was, <laughs> I went back to dawdling. <laughs> Showed you what they look like. I was like a, uh, I went and looked at a train, and I had a cup of coffee. I always, like, uh, there's two types of fishing trips. It's like a hit and run where you just kind of throw a rod in the car and do 10, 15, 20 minutes in one hole. And then if I go on a fishing trip, I bring coffee. I bring iced coffee. And I always bring it in my thermos. And I was like, I'm going to have a nice cup of coffee up here on the railroad tracks. Hopefully some kind-hearted hobos come by and share their <laughs> hobo stew with me. And I was starving. Not one of us brought a single snack for some reason. We went on an all-day flow and no one brought any snacks. What in the Are fuck is wrong serious? with you? You didn't bring know, any yeah. food? Mark, just just the meat in the tackle oh box. Had, you had to I, see I, me bring the cooler and been elated on Friday. I was, I was, when I saw Mark, I was like, this motherfucker knows how he's done. Like, <laughs> I, I took I, a thermos of Water. Mark can cook a short lunch, man. That was, but we didn't have any. We didn't have any lunch, so I was starving and and hopeful that a hobo came by and had some kielbasa and potatoes and barbecue sauce wrapped <laughs> inside of a uh, a tin foil that they would then put on an open fire on a barrel, you know, garbage and such, and, and serve up some delicious hobo stew. <laughs> but yeah. no one did. And I had a coffee and I came back down and Rick's rod was bent to the cork. And I was like, oh, my goodness, he's on a big wiper. I had seen the picture of the of the fish that Jay caught maybe a week ago, and that is a big fish. When I showed my friends around here that, that picture of Jay's fish, they were like, whoa, you know, it, it, it looks a lot like our striped bass, but it, it, it's thicker in profile and, and Top to it's bottom. beefier, like oh, shorter yeah. and stouter. Such a cool animal. Permit, so I, I it's a permit slash striper. And... There's like on a trip like this, that is really almost perfect. There's like little tiny things, and and when I came behind Rick, and and he's a smaller guy, and and he, his back was bent to the work, and the rod was just throbbing, and I was like, this is such a big fish, and I knew like I don't know Rick from Adam, but I was like, any Rick, if you're Rick and you're on this fish right now, it's a big deal. You know, it's a good ass fish. And um, and he, Chad did a really good job landing it, and, and there it was, this gorgeous monsters, monster bass. Did you see how big and, its eye was? How big what? Its eye was. Oh, it was like the size of a quarter. It was huge, like such a predatory thing, you know? Um, an awesome fish. And 
And actually, the size of their eye made me think, like, do you guys have, does anyone night fish for those? Like, you, you oh, might yeah. be able to question I mean, it at night, I right? mean, I'd, I'll fish some areas at night with flies, and they're hunting, dude. They're no joke. Like, that, I don't know. Did did you see any strikes? Did you see the strike of the fish you, you hooked into? Um, yes, I did. Dude, uh, it's, it's a I night. Saw all of, actually, that's funny. Except for the smallmouth, I saw all of the strikes that I got this weekend, which is epic. Perfect. And, and crazy. But I I did. I, I, st- I, I watched, like, after I was doing my bullshit stuff, whatever I was doing, utterly failing and, you know, just flailing around, I kind of... I kind of was like, when it was getting later in the day, and I was like, all right, got to try to make this shit happen one time. You know what I mean? You're here now, and and you're probably not going to have an opportunity to fish another wiper this weekend, so do this shit. So Ricky sort of gave me the rundown on on working it between quick runs and, and, and making it really jerky and strippy. And and then it, it, you guys both told me, which is totally true, is like, you're like, they're fish there. You know, one of them is, is, is maybe going to commit if you do enough of this good stuff, which is how you work the fly and the double you moves, your body. Dumb shit. Yeah. Little stuff. And all those things are like, that's what, why the friendship aspect is so important. And also a team, you know, like being out with three guys, you, you really do want everyone successful. You want everyone in the boat to catch a fish for sure. And that feels really good when that happens. And it's pretty rare, to be honest. You know, I'm sure for you guys, like, always being on the sticks, one of y'all, you know, but you guys are all good at the sticks, so you can you can switch off and stuff. That's that's a huge advantage, too. I need um, road. <laughs> but it was really cool. Like, then all of us had fish, and, and damn good fish, for that matter, you know. And you guys actually, y'all both caught a, a bunch of other fish. Chad caught two other smallmouths and, and another wipe. Chad got a wiper. And Ricky got a Ricky got a walleye too. So you two both got both of those species there, and we had caught smallmouth bass and, and wipers and walleye all on one float. That was so cool, you know. It's that's a really neat thing, and and that's the cool thing about your area is that neat thing exists in a lot of places. Dude, there's there's like uh, you know to just as you mentioned the, you know the abundance of different species. We caught everything from crappie to. Uh, rock bass, perch, a couple oh, perches here, all the way up, perch. you know, to the stripers, the pike, you know, Jason Cena muskie. So it's yeah, just yeah. it's incredible that within a mile or any spot on that river, all those fish yeah. exist together. Yeah, that's that's incredible, and that's that's a really cool deal. A lot of I like to watch a lot of YouTube videos because I don't really watch TV and. A lot of the guys that I watch, like fishing wise, are those multi-species guys. And I was telling one of you guys about the show Thirty Nine Hours about how those dudes are incredible to me. They can go to anybody of water and dial in like within ten minutes. You know, literally know what they got to do to catch that fish they're looking for, be it a moon eye or you know. Uh, Them guys are pretty good fishermen, huh? They're really good, and, all, and as a fly all fisherman, day long, you learn a lot from those conventional guys quickly you know by watching them and being like oh that's what i would try to do with a sink tip or i would i would throw i would throw a top water and for that type of thing i don't know just you can you can sort of put yourself in their shoes and be like this is what i would try to do if i was looking for you know a big giant laker don't you mean your your single uh buford head is is just another swim bait right it's just yeah, it's it just totally more gear so a river single 
from from Mark's vice is 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 an incredible swim bait. Well, it, it truly is. I, I, did I tell you guys about how my friend Scott sometimes fishes largemouth with the with the swim bait on the bottom and waiting? Yeah, yeah. You told us about yeah. that last time. You can totally do that with the river single. You can go out there, and I'm going to try this sometime. I'm going to go out someplace around me, and, and I'm going to anchor up my canoe, and I'm going to cast out a river single on a full sink and just let it sit there in a sandy bottom and wait until I see something. And when I see something, activate that fly, and they'll feel that kick, you know, through the water. When that when that thing goes on its side, if you can if you can somehow get the right cadence and the right current to make make it walk the dog under the water while trying to get to the surface, that is so deadly. It just looks so edible to any predatory fish, any, you know, trout. I told you I was going to try using them singles for trout. You know that. That is a great streamer fly for any any situation, and and it'll. That's a cool thing about that ties to the river really well in that you know you can use the same fly to target four or five species of of game fish. It it is incredible. Mark does a great totally. job with it. It's really cool. So it's really cool. You you got to use the river singles the next day, the following day. I did. Yeah, we. It's <laughs> all I used. um yeah so we got done and and chad and his family had got a bunch of wings and it was great to meet his family we were so welcoming the whole lot of them and and jay and his family coming over to meeting you guys wives and children was really really nice and and i also knew that i was like i could totally bring amanda river and marin and we would fit right in and have have a great vacation. Absolutely. You know, and we'd love to host you. Any of you guys, we would love, love to have you come to New England if you ever wanted to. Um, we would be thrilled. So we're packing up all four of all four families. Wait, let me say this. <laughs> let me get all our kids. Right. Hold on, i got to get ready. Is this how you... Stripe us. Pass. Stripe us. All right. Yep. Okay. Bring a... Uh, let's see. Yeah, we can work it out. We'll find some. There's, it's That's like, kind of like, like when I go on the road, you know... I'm I'm a pig pen. I I do not bathe and I I sleep where where it's it's suitable for a pig pen to sleep in, accordingly. And I would be like in that movie Caddyshack for y'all. I'd be like pond out back, pool out front. Y'all can go in the pond. <laughs> um, we I, I bathe in 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 a trout stream in the summer and. Use outdoor soap as biodegradable. That's a really fun thing to do. So you guys came in the summer, we would set up a little bath area or whatever. <laughs> um, but I'd love to have you, and and it would be, it would be great to be able to return a favor. You know what I mean? And it was, it's again the atmosphere and and just the general kindness of of your crew, and, and it made me feel so much at home. It was really really nice. Um, so we had a delicious dinner, and um, Bruce showed me his incredible uh, Batman garage. Like uh, I really didn't know what was next. It was such a cool, cool place, and you live so close to your folks, and and that's that's really nice. That that's a, a welcoming feeling. It was nice so to have I, you. I had to leave though because I was going to go meet up with Mark because we were going in the morning. Mark and I alone, and we were just going to exclusively target muskies, and that was what I really came for: is is to target a muskie. I um, 
I have a thing for predators, and and I think musky is is yeah, well, it is. It's the apex fish, you know, in, in all freshwater in all of New England. If a muskellunge exists, it is the apex. It eats every fish that everyone else swims and catches, you know, like fishes for. A flathead. It eats everything, and that's just the coolest. That's the coolest animal. That that's that's the king. It's a killer fish. <laughs> a musky is a killer fish. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, man, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So, and then, you know, meeting Mark live for the first time, I've talked to Mark a number of times and he's, he's clearly, when you talk to him, he, there, there's a really nice thing about Mark is he, he's dialed in, I think. And, and you can sort of tell that, at least if you're me, I, I could sort of tell one guy may be bullshitting me a little bit or one guy who's dialed in and, and Mark really felt like he, I felt like I, I had a real legitimate chance and, I'm putting some more wood on my campfire. <laughs> and um, when I was leaving for the trip, Amanda and I were talking, and, and I was like, I'm really nervous. And there are certainly nerves that go into going off and, and trying something like that or doing something like that because I'm, I'm driving a really kind of a crappy car, and it could break down at any moment. I could end up in some like COVID ridden gas station in uh, Scranton and who knows, you know, just a lot can go wrong. I told her, I was like, a lot can go wrong. And she's like, well, a lot can go right. And I was like, that brings up an excellent point. I says, you're right. It it can go something, something golden can happen with me, for me personally, as a, as a human being. And, and to be able to, to try to, try to touch where where your your true heart lies and having that opportunity and and with that same token a lot can go wrong and and if you have the opportunity you need to fish well and i was um that helped me lock in on the drive as i was on my way out there the day before like just being like remember these things that you think about when you think about musky fishing you know like I watch like on the YouTube. There's those dudes burning eights, and they're they're such a team. And and when they catch a fish, it's such a thrill for both of them. And I thought about like the teamwork. What I would do if I ever had the op- opportunity to be be the guy who would net a predator because I've never netted one for somebody. This <laughs> is amazing, and and it's like that time at the boat on a predator is so crucial and being locked in with your partner and knowing what they're doing or, or being intuitive enough to not make enough mistakes where you land it is, is just such an awesome and incredible, incredible experience. And I had all those visions in my head and I said, a lot can go wrong and a lot can go right. And she said, well, just, you know, have fun, <laughs> go have fun. And, and that's a, a big thing too, is to just enjoy it and, and be like appreciative of, of what the opportunity is, even without it, it coming to fruition. On the drive there, I called my friend Scott Terrell and I love talking to Scott. He's a great guy. And he just sold his house, which sucks for me because this is my Cape Connect. And, and he had a sick, sick yard for camping as long as he would not turn on the sprinklers. <laughs> but he, he and I talked at length because you're driving, too. That's another neat thing about driving. It's like you can call people on the phone. Hands-free, of course, cops. I, I was, don't pull me over. You know, I'm straight. And, and 
you can talk and have a good conversation. You don't, a lot of times in our busy lives, we don't really have long conversations. I don't think, you know, with people maybe you don't see every day. So it's a good opportunity to call Scott and, and we talked and, and he fishes in the Miramichi and the Gas Bay and all of those rivers for Atlantic salmon. That's, that's what his, like, muskie is to Chad what Atlantic salmon is to Scott. And and he 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 has this this way of talking about it. it's really melodic and and firm yet and and it's really true what he says when he's like just being there and putting your fly well over the water is the most important thing being able to get home and say that was you you know I was there and that experience and the opportunity existed for the magic to happen. He told me that there is a thing where. I don't know any of the rules. Like Marlo might know this stuff, or somebody up there might. I don't know anything about. It, but like the rules is, you can only you can only hook two fish. So if you if if you or maybe it's land. I don't know. But if you if you connect twice, you have to stop fishing, or you're supposed to stop fishing. And it, Scott told me that there was one time where he did connect early twice, and, and he was disappointed that he he followed the rule and he didn't fish. He's like, I can't even swing that fly over these runs you know, and, and to be there and have that opportunity and to do it, do the thing, you know, fish it is, is the crucial part. So all of these things were in my head. And, and when we got, when we got to the lake, I looked out and I was like, it, it's ready. It's, it's going to give up a fish. I, I knew it. I felt it in my head and maybe I didn't feel it in my head, but I, if so, I willed it to be, I, I felt. Oh, I talked you into it the whole way there. You did. You talked it up well, and you also gave me the lay of the lake and, and what to expect. And when we got there, um, it was raining a little bit. It was tumultuous in the sky, and and um, I didn't bring my waders wisely. Didn't need them. <laughs> no, you got lucky. Mark, Mark, what did you say about the waders when we were leaving? And I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, I, he goes, do I need waders? I said, no, you don't need them, but I highly recommend them. Okay, I'll leave them in the backseat of my car. <laughs> <laughs> I went. To, I don't know why I did that. I, I was so excited in the morning too. I forgot things. I, I I left my camera bag at your house, and um, at Chad's house, and I was so excited. And, and maybe probably it shows the value of sleep too. Like sleep deprived, and and not healthy that way of not getting any sleep that I need to to you know that's the fuel I need for the next day's activity. And, uh, I was I was just so psyched to go musky fishing. That I don't I don't know why I didn't bring my waders. To be honest with you, that's one of the silliest things. In retrospect, looking back, you're just like, why in the world wouldn't you put your waders in the back of the car? You brought you drove them from Connecticut to Western PA, and you're gonna leave them here. Like, what is that? That is crazy. But I didn't. Luckily, I didn't really need them. It did rain a bit, but not bad. And um, I held up. I held up two flies, two of Mark's flies that I got in my box. I think one was all black and one was, and the one I used was the one that I really, really loved. Uh, Mark sent me a few that I asked for them a little bit sparser in the heads because I, I like them a little bit more, I don't know, not as 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 top heavy ridden, you know. I, and that was for the stripers actually, Mark, because that was, that was when I was like, I want something to get down a little bit more. You know, I could, I could keep that... It, the river single was really a topwater fly in the ocean because of the higher buoyancy in salt water and, and the way you'd have to rip it and work it in, in a rip. Um, it kept it really high in the water column. And I want to really get down maybe, you know, maybe 
six to 12 inches and, and work it the same way that I would on top. And you tied me some that were nice and sparse in the heads. So they were, they were, they're a little more narrow in the head too than, than puffy or bushy. And, and I love that fly. And the one that I, I had been using at home here is, is a, a black olive and red river single with um, some like almost like a, uh, a caramel colored flash off the back and, and black and, and green hackles. Like to me, that's purchase and, and it's a, black is always a good color. Mark, Mark's go-to color is black and, and he's right. It, it's always a good color to have a dark profile. I think when you're fishing for predators, but of course like a natural bait will work at some time or, you know, you can pontificate until the end of the world about like what the particular factor is, but it just, sometimes it just happens. And, and that was the fly. I, I had a strong, strong feeling that that was going to be the fly that would work. <laughs> and, and it was, it was a great morning to be out. I was very grateful and I was very thankful Little for and the crew, you know, welcoming me there. And, and it was, it was great. I, I had a feeling like on our first drift, like you get in angling sometimes when you're, when you're sort of, um, you, you feel that the cadence of the fly is perfect and, and you have, you have, you're enjoying the moment but you're, you're you're locked into the point where you're like this is it's going to happen i feel that way when nymphing a lot like you'll come to a run and you'll be like yeah it's going to happen right there you get the first little flip on the euro and, and it's right where you would be if you were one and you're like it's going to bite the bite sure enough but you have that feeling sometimes where you're just like it feels right and and within a half an hour i was bringing the fly back and they're, they're the, the greatest thing is when you watch watch a muskie hit a fly and you get to see that. And, and I was probably, I don't know, four feet off the front of the boat. I was fishing in the back, and, and I had a bit of an angle left to right. So the fly was really close to where Mark was indisposed the moment. He was taking a break or something. You are tying maybe. I don't remember what you were doing. But... <laughs> The fish. Um, I was setting up a gentleman's break. He was, we were getting ready for a first gentleman's break, first of many. Yes. And, yes. and the fish, the fish, when they come and and it's gnashing teeth and and it's it's a shock. Even if you totally expect it, you that bait looks so good, and you're like, that looks so sexy. And we're in in like you know the titty water, the best place. And, and even then, like whenever a predator hits, it, it is such it is such a powerful moment when you can watch those fish eat a fly, and and it was it was just there in its monstrosity, you know, and 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 bam, I felt mentally prepared for the strike, and I I felt as though on both both strikes that happened, uh, I felt like. I I was I was perfect for me for me you know I'm not a great fisherman I try really hard and I try to learn but I'm not I don't consider myself even very good by any stretch of the imagination which is probably a good thing even if I am good and I don't even know it because it keeps you wanting to be better and I I don't think I'm very good but it it, it was it was an ideal 
situation to, to set a hook on it because the fish came the, the fish came it was it was just after the bait had turned sideways and, and righted itself to come forward it, it the fish came and hit it right in the midsection perfectly and porpoise away from me so the slack went out immediately and i i stripped very hard and i i punched the fish in the face and, and i said there's a fish and then i i saw the tail sweep as it it busted away and, and bulldog and i was like that's a big fish market told me it was uh it was a a lake that had a high density but a low size and and i knew instantly that this was a good fish i've i've fished enough predators to know what the difference is between you know a, a 28 inch fish which is a great fish but that and, and a really heavy big fish and this was a big fish um i was thrilled and and i gave it no quarter and i i felt that i beat that fish pretty quickly and 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 i thought i did a really good job on that fish um and mark got the net under it and and i just i exploded and screamed you know for me it's it's the apex moment with the apex fish and and it's it's an incredible feeling to succeed in that that which you truly desire and then and you get there with with such goodwill of people helping you and and bam there's a fucking musky in the net you know <laughs> you got one in the bag you know what a thing what a great thing um <laughs> it's not commonplace for me so it was so special and it was it was wonderful and mark did an excellent job getting the fish So crazy. so all the eats you got to see all that good stuff man what yeah what brings you to the point of of not wanting to come back right you you got to catch a wiper to catch two to catch yeah. two muskies yeah. to catch so two should, muskies see what's going on next weekend yeah <laughs> nah fuck we're open all yeah. night but yeah uh, you didn't even get to the second one yet no i was gonna say that no yeah. with, that was with your first pass that was with your that, first that was pass through yeah that your was first the first trip. pass in a day we were what 20 so minutes fast. in yeah so you know you That's guys just want to get your feet wet did you guys just set up and make the same pass again to try to fish the same area or did you guys move a little bit or what happened after that we played Mark, what were your memories Please. like? I mean, you should leave this discussion because you were there. You know, you were fishing with me. No, I mean, it, it just executed perfectly. I mean, I, we had a northwest wind. I knew exactly where I wanted to be. I mean, we had essentially a wind that would curl us right around four to five foot of water where the weeds were right up to the top. And we can legitimately fish five, six foot where the weeds came up to a foot. Our flies were fishing eight inches under the surface. And we were right over top of the weeds all day. It was perfect. Full moon. Yeah. We and by the way, we were about an hour twenty minutes past the minor in the morning. Was that what it was? Okay. Yeah, I did. You say, checked it. Yeah, yeah, I did sit and check it all. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, we, I when I talked to Mark again, I was like, yeah, this this dude has done his homework, you know. Well, but then again. That was part of the deal too. Like I, I looked at the weekends and I looked at the moon when, when I set this up maybe six or eight weeks ago in the late summer when, when I was like, what if I was to do a trip, what could I do as far as when would I want to go and where would I go? And, and the, the conditions were perfect. There'd been smatterings of rain and a little bit of freshness to the water. 
I like it as a full moon and and it was great. I, yeah. I, I seriously wanted more than anything at that point for Mark to get a fish. That was my, my primary. Well, well after we, we got that first one, we, we kept playing with like a, that same drift. And then the wind went to straight west. And that's right. Like, All right. I know what I need to do. I need yep. to shift now. I need to go down to the lower end. I need to set up on that five, six foot pass. And I need to blow straight across the creek mouth. And we just yep. go through the creek mouth, and it opens up, and bam! <laughs> yep, yep. And then you catch he's another exactly one. Right. Then in Chad the meantime, Chad hooks up again. <laughs> in the meantime, he actually he made an incredible lunch as well. Just want to throw that. Oh in yes, we did. We did talk about that. We did. We made a couple passes because yep. it, it, it took lunch. us. It took us right around like where he caught his fish at. The first fish in the morning. We ended up putting it in the net, and we started getting gusts, like 20, 30-mile-an-hour gusts. So I said, all right. If you hook a fish here, it's going to blow us right in the shore. And the exact same thing happened. Because I'm sitting here looking at the wall, and I look at Chad. I said, we stopped to take the picture in the same picture that picture's at. So oh, yeah, that is I that same picture. I, I, I yeah. said, let's just stop. I said, let's take a breather. Let's relax. The fish is okay. I'm going to take us in the shore. Right. We, we went yeah, the whole way in. We stopped there. And I was like, all right. I was, I was actually thrilled with that because what that allowed us to do is to really pamper that fish a little bit. Your net, Mark's, Mark won a net at the Beast, which is a sick net. It's, it's, I think we, we said like it's a condominium for the muskie once it gets in there. It's, it's big and spacious. And is it rubberized? Not only can I fit Jay, but I can even get his nose in there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could the get whole Jay package. and Rick in there, I think. You could, if, if somebody was using, like, a double nymph rig of, like, Miller Lights, you know? <laughs> Jay's drinking Miller Lights as oh, we yeah. speak. You, uh, really, Dad, you have to get down to Budweiser. His would be the other one. I'm drinking whiskey. I'm drinking McClellan's, fellas. You could lose a 50 in that net easily. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it was nice practice. though because it gave us a chance to like get in there. We got set yeah. up. It's like okay, the fish is good. Let's get the bump board up. Let's get the cameras ready. What'd you do? Cook them yeah. chorizo? Not today. Yeah, totally. Chorizo. Chorizo is today. Not that. Cook the musky and, chorizo. Um, it's, it's great. But where we blew in at though, I was looking. I was like, oh, that's a nice flat area. That's all rock. We're coming mm-hmm. back here for lunch. Perfect, right? It was a, it was a great setup and, for us. And I had place. been in Cleveland for the weekend. They had I went to the market. They had, yep. and I just bought nothing but bunches of sausage. We had yeah. fresh homemade hot Italian sausage. It was oh, it was in my entire time in Western PA, my my the volume <laughs> of my vegetable intake <laughs> was exclusively through the fabulous peppers that Mark's dad makes, and what variety of condiments I still like to have put on my sub at that what's that place? We we fed you nothing but meat for like three days. <laughs> it was just meat. Oh we ate meat. We just had sausage and meat every time. Wait, I, I supplied you with so- celery and carrots with chicken wings. Fair play, but I didn't even <laughs> grab any of those. Like I saw those afterwards after I got done. How'd eating, you know what was coming you would have? Some roughage, right? Some roughage, something, right? Otherwise you'd be on the side of I eighty east at two AM. Oh. A horrific scenario. And we'll get into the rest of the meals, but <laughs> yeah, you a little do bit got of fiber admit. in your diet would matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta admit um, it was worth it. That second so, fish. So yeah, Mark set us back up and and I maybe took it a little easier at first. Um, the drift that we were on is is a backhand cast for me in the back of the boat because Mark's up front with the troller. And um, 
I actually worked on my backhand cast several times before I came. Like I would just go to a lake where I could, like I had a setup where there was a point where I could kind of get to. I didn't really expect to catch anything because I'm using a river single in, in, in whatever lake it is. And, and I, I practice that because that's a cast I can't really do well. And it's super valuable, you know, to be able to throw over both arms. So when you're in that situation in a boat or uh, a raft, two guys can fish um, easily. When I go with my friend Aaron around here, it's great because he's a lefty and we can, you know, always have our, our favorite hand. And we're both, that's our favorite cast. Some people are like, you guys favor that backhand cast. It's, a, it's an awesome cast. I have to get it. I have to get your, Mark's mm-hmm. exactly right. I got to get a little more line. I, I love that backhand cast. It's a sweet way to lay out. And, and I, I, looking back on, I should have worked with you a little more to help you with that. No, we were fishing and, and talking and, and, you know, we were, we were being, we, I felt like, you know, it was proven, you know, my fishing was okay. I, I was able to catch a muskie and, you know, it's another thing. It's, hey, it's such a blessing. Like so many people, we, we said that after I was like, so many people don't ever have a, that dude at the launch the next day, he never even caught a muskie. He lives there. You know what I mean? Never once. And, and I caught one and I caught it on a fly that my friend had made. And that's a great thing. It's a retired fly. You it's put almost 80 forever. inches of muskie you know, I always know that that muskie decided to eat that fly and that beautiful picture, picture of that fish in that moment, you know, that fly is there. I want to talk a about great the, thing to do. I want to talk about the beautiful fish. Which one was the one, one was really green, had some yeah, beautiful markings in it. Fish. Yeah. The se- that was the second fish. That fish the was gorgeous. Fish almost had like a metal head. It, it was just a gorgeous animal. It was, it is a spectacular animal. Um, the muskie is, it is that, a spectacular That fish animal. was There's just, no doubt about it. God, I haven't seen a fight in a fish like that in a long time, Chad. Tell us about oh, that. Oh, that fish. Oh, it was ridiculous. So I was on my backhand cast and I, um, and I was already like, it's just a perfect day. It's so golden. It's a beautiful day. And when we got to that side of the lake, it warmed up considerably because we were in the sun and the wind had died and the conditions had changed a little bit and it felt fishy. And we were in a creek mouth, which is, is uh, an area. I love creek mouths and I love creeks. Like I like the smaller, the better, but, um, I felt it was very fishy, and, and I had just said to Mark, like, now, man, I would never imagine it was like to get one on a figure eight. I saw that strike, and as you're fishing along in a day where you've caught one early, like, collectively, the boat will return to that moment and, like, you know, conversate on it. You know, was that, what was the key there, you know? Was it was it one particular thing that we can now do again? And just talk about how wonderful a moment it is to catch a muskie, and Mark was so thrilled that I had caught one, and and now I really wanted Mark to get one more than anything. I just did. I, I wanted to supposed, to, and it felt like there's more fish to come out of that lake. It just felt that way, so I wanted Mark to hook up. And I was on my backhand. I had just said that I would. I can't imagine it would be just get one on eight. And I, I brought the fly back to me and, and to my right and up, and I did one of those little kind of. You can hang it and like you know do a little dance i felt like i was going way too low on my figure eights with my rod i was using a seven foot eleven sage peacock <laughs> uh because my my i broke my chippewa river custom my brand new 10 weight and and i really like the seven eleven, but it's not that great for figuring so you have to you have to get down lower and once i got the hang of it where i would have i had a little more line out than on my eight, my better figure eights, like everyone's different, but on that particular one, I had a little more line out than I normally would, and I hung the fly, I dropped it low, and through the initial turn, and, and as I came up to the second turn, I, I hung it a little high in the column, 
and the fish came from nowhere and porpoised on it. And I saw the entire thing like an ironclad moment is that I literally saw that fish's eyeball as it <laughs> took the fly. And there's a state of grace moment when that happens. Like it, it slows to the point where it's like a super eight in your head, like blinking, you know, when you was a kid, you used to like blink your eyes a million times or pretend it was an old movie. And, and there's that, that like slowness that happens as a fish, like it explodes to the fly, but once it has it, it, it there's a moment where it's like almost frozen as it, its body serpentine turns it's called and euphoria. starts to move. And, and then the slack starts moving. And I, I did well on that to wait on my strip. There was slack in the initial hit, and it was because of the violence of it and the fact that I had hung the fly up in the column a little bit more. And I did well to wait, and 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 I I, I buried it on one strip, and, and I said fish, and and all hell broke loose. It was a big and heavy fish, and it was mad as fuck. <laughs> it, it, took, it took an initial big run where I had to give line and. And I earned it back quickly and brought it back to the boat. And, and then I thought of those dudes on that burning age shit where, where like that fish will walk more around the boat. Cause it did. That thing walked me all the way around the boat and I stayed tight to him too. I, I allowed for him to, to, to not get away. <laughs> you know, you're fighting it. Perfect. It's such, it's such an incredible combat on a muskie that strikes that way. And, and as it, as it goes on, you have to allow it to, to move to the position where you can net it. You're not thinking about like, I don't know, anything else other than where can we get it so Mark can get the net under. And Mark is awesome on a fish. Like, you end up eternally grateful for the people who, who do that for you in that last, you know, at the bitter end of the fight when, when it's it's ended and won. You feel eternally grateful for the guy who who, who does that. For me, Fred and Josh out in Wisconsin, like we didn't even have a net. We were waiting and, you know, them for them to be able to do that, that, that freezes them, you know, as, as like heroes to me. And, and, and it's an incredible thing when you're able to, to share that moment with someone in that way where you, you are the one who, who throws in the towel essentially and says no more. And I had to go over Mark at one point where he, we thought we had the fish and it it moved again and down and Mark was positioned. I think you were right at the, at the motor, weren't you? Uh, at the, he, we yes, at the yes. Mark was at the motor. <clears throat> Keep going. Yeah, it was actually, no, it was after. So the, I was, I was in the back and it took me to the front and I came back down the other side and that's where Mark cut me off at the pass and got the, got ready on the net and it moved further. So I had to lift my rod over you, went to the other side of you and that, that is where it gave the last and you got the bag on it. And, and it was, it was a two fish day for me. It was remarkable. An incredible animal, 39 inches and, and just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, 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 the barring, the, the clear side. And then to mm-hmm. me, it almost looks like a metal head, like a spike and insane teeth. You look inside. I took a picture and we had it on the bump board. And by the way, we got the, the bump board wet, and that fish had taken the fly relatively deeply. <laughs> we had, we were, I think we both forgot about this, Mark. Do you remember this? 
I was trying to get the fish up out the bag, and it slapped me in the face. Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's right. It did. I it did forget about that. The face with his tail. <laughs> and I think that's actually when, when we dropped Mark's pliers over the side of the boat. No, that was when I had to fish it, my hand in the fish's mouth. Sober up, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that was funny. It did. It smacked you right across the face. It smacked me right across the face, like really hard. I just remembered this <laughs> literally just now as I'm recounting it, um, which is a miracle because after something like this happens when you catch your dream fish twice like it's hard to be around normal people <laughs> it, it no it's true it, it's oh, it is thing. like very few would would understand um and and i i texted a friend of mine my friend cam and he said he said just marinate and, and he's right like you you have to allow yourself to to just allow it to be the beautiful thing it is. Cause for me, the difficulty is the come down and to return to your, my life is wonderful and I'm blessed. But I told this to my son when he had a sleepover with his cousin for the first time since the COVID, cause they've been deeply isolated as well. And, ever, and, and it was great to get the kids together. And he was sad on Sunday. And I, I explained to him, I was like, put my hand in the middle of the air. I said like, this is normal life. And it's great. We have an awesome life and wonderful home and food and, all that stuff and when sam comes you know you jump up to here and i raise my hand like up up to the ceiling and say you know this is it's a great life it's a wonderful thing and then when he leaves and you come back down here and i put it back to the middle i said it feels like it, the middle is really down here and i lowered it down I said, but it's not it's here you know your life is normal but to have that come down is, is a legitimate concern of mine mentally i'm not even kidding like it, it's hard to go back to the commonalities of a wonderful life when you're your off next life weekend right amplified and the moment when you catch those fish and those those dream fish that's an amplification like a barbaric thing you know the the achievement it, it feels athletic afterwards where i thought i thought to like in my baseball days i would make a, a great play or or one game i i remember played against my, my old man's hometown Rockville and, and I was playing for Stafford Legion and I hit two home runs um, and I never forget those moments like there's an athleticism to that like doing the fishing well and, and feeling proud of how you, you, you had presented the fly and, and maintained yourself and, and, and landed the fish and you know accomplished it you hit the home run fuck you know oh my god that don't happen right no you're the dude who fucking bunts him over or or you know, play solid second base, but no, you hit a home run. You're the bride and you did it twice. And it's, it's hard to come back to regular life. There's a scene in Hemingway's old man in the sea at the end after Santiago has, has caught the marlin and, and it was the greatest fish that the fishing village had ever seen. It was truly the greatest fish they had ever seen. And on the way back, the sharks had devoured it and left only the, the skeletal remains. And the scene you know, to paraphrase tremendously, but some tourist comes down the beach and sees the bones laying there and, and they're like, Oh my God, what a, what a beautiful dolphin or, or whatever. Some, some, what kind of an animal? It's such a beautiful, it would have been an enormous dolphin. And, and, uh, somebody from the fishing village says, no, no, it's, it's Tiburon. It, it's a shark, you know, a shark ate it. And, um, they didn't understand and and they thus they didn't understand the accomplishment from the angle you know of of the community that respects that that action of catching that fish and 
and that that is an odd thing for me back at home like how do i how do i communicate this to the people i work with i work in corporate america you know what i mean this great thing that's happened to me you know it's it's odd because because folk don't understand and and those that do that you share that with it, it's it's a it's a common bond and it, and it uh, a cement to a friendship when when something truly great happens fishing wise with someone else and it's really a blessing that for me and Mark, I think there it was that that uh, that melding, and, and we're gonna always have that together. This this particular day of 121 inches of muskie is yeah, you know that, that, was, don't a have that. that was a day to remember. Fun, you know, no no little ones in that lake. You mean <laughs> no little ones? Not for <laughs> you, huh? And what did we say, Mark? We were like, oh motherfucker, if we were in the beast next weekend. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling Would you, you be coming from, in on cloud nine? From, from now on out, I'm going to send you a message every time we go there. I want to see how long it is until we move another 39 there. It's crazy. Yeah, we hit it. We, I hit mean, it we, well we just capped that day, and too. And then and we he, both fished really well. You fished exceptionally. Because after that, we went and had lunch. And that's a super important thing, too. Like Mark had said, he's like, this is going to give us an uplift. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to reinvigorate us to go back out and, and do it again it, it had been really windy and and the boat for me my hips are my right hip is sore today and i'm concerned about it it's the first time since my hip replacement that i felt any pain and i think it's because of the maintaining of the balance and the equilibrium as you go through the, the general waves and the pushing of the wind and casting and your ass off you like remember like we were we was kind of complaining i mean you know, just bitching about the wind or whatever and i was like hey it's supposed to be hard it's musky fishing remember you know so that's true it's, it is not supposed to be easy it's not and and it, it's work it's not like you know, you're you're in a tweed jacket, delicately presenting a dry fly to a to a small stream trout. It isn't that. It it there's there's for me, and I think for most musky fishermen or predator fishing fishermen or even bass fishermen, there's a brawl aspect of it, like uh, a, a toughness and and a hardness. And this dude Pat, who uh, who ice fishes near me a lot, and is a tremendous ice fisherman. He, he he had a saying where he would he would say, "I'm going back out for more punishment." And <laughs> you know, I have a I have a cartoon drawing on my wall called the beating, and it's um my friend Ian gave it to me in college. It's a picture of this kid getting his butt whipped with a ruler by a teacher, and another kid who's sitting behind him, like on the bench, like in the principal's office, with a he's got his head like wrapped up in one of them old timey like bandages he's got a black eye and his arms are sling and he's smiling and laughing about it you know and it just says the beating and you have to be willing as a predator fisherman to go out there and take the beating and, and to go out for more punishment yeah, absolutely that's how you learn right it, it's hard it's not it's not easy to predator fish it's hard on your arms to throw a big rod and a heavy fly and, and they're there, there are not no. two before not lunch. That sometimes. don't sound too hard, bud. <laughs> and like <laughs> you said, though, too. I mean, sitting there watching you catch two of them, and then it's like, okay. ah, he put seven. Well, he, he put like seven hours in on his ride here, so mentally, so he was ready. He was ready to go. I was ready, but but there's it's just really true that. And after that, I stopped fishing. Remember, because Mark, I was like, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I, I sat and argued with you. You did, Mark. Was, You're not fucking good. 
Keep casting. Talk to me when you got 20. And Mark, like a great host and a great guy, like he had had gone to market and bought this really delicious meat. We had some sick beef sticks, you know. Instead of, you know, vegetables, we had a beef stick. That's a side dish. (laughs) (laughs) But we made sausages and peppers on on the the burner. And and we talked and and sat around for, you know, a few minutes and and enjoyed it. I like I like the gentleman's break. The thing Pogo always says is you take you take a little bit of time um, in between to to soak it up a little bit. I think John Gearock does that too. I think he he only fishes fifty minutes out of every sixty or something like that. And that's a smart thing to do to to appreciate what you're doing and 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 have bring your thermos. You know what I'm saying? And, and sit down and have a coffee and and look at it and and sit there and and, and get dirty in it. You know feel that place and, and submerge yourself where your true heart lies and, and feel 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 a part of where, what you're doing the experience of fishing in, in a strange place like traveling and fishing that way is it's important to to put put a lot of yourself back into it so, so that was a great moment so you know after eating your lunch and getting all filled up uh you got to do the next duty of somebody yeah. out there on the team, yeah. and you know, you want to take us into that, and Mark can segue so into catching sick. his own fish. You so got an awesome I, video I of it too. Mark, I I felt personally that Mark started pressing a bit. Like he was fishing well, but I felt like he was pressing after I had caught two because rightfully, this is a guy who who's a hardcore angler, and he's like, "There's fish here to be caught." You know, this is, and and the next day on the float, like Mark, Mark, he's casting at the boat launch <laughs> when we're done, and and you know, he he wants that fucking fish and. And they're there to be caught. And, and I told him, I was like, just, you're fishing really good. This is the, this is the time. I, I, I said, I really felt like, like if I gave it up, there's a fish around. It's going to eat. This is the time. It, it's ready. We were right in that major. We were at the tail of the major. Right? Is that true? We were, yeah, we were about 45 minutes from the end of it. Only if you stop fishing, though. Right. <laughs> um, so... The major, too, that's another thing. Like, to be, Mark is really well prepared to be like, yeah, this is where they are. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen outside of one of these. It can. You have to have your fly in the water. You have to fish the whole damn thing. But, like, that gives you a mental edge where you're like, do this well now because, yeah, the time is right. The moon is right. You know, we are, we are in this water and let's get this done. And I was laying in the back of the boat on, on the carpeting and, it was really nice just to put my feet up and watch Mark fish, watch another guy fish on on a fly rod and see where uh, – I was curious where he was – how he was managing his line because several times my line would become entangled and I would fuck a cast. And Mark never had that happen. I was like, where is he putting it? And I saw – I was watching him do that. I was watching his feet, his legs, where he put the, the, the line. And I said, I'm going to take a videotape of that. Now, this is truly the most amazing thing to me is that – we collectively threw, I don't know how many casts, but I decided to videotape that one. And that is ridiculous. Uh, Mark presented the fly, made a, a really lovely long cast. I was curious how many hauls it took him also to shoot as much line as he was. Because we were, we were, I thought we were fishing almost the same length away together, me and you, Mark, but you're, you were getting it there easier. So I wanted to see how you were doing that to also help with my elbow, which I injured this summer fishing too many heavy rods and 
and and trying too hard or having to punch too hard. There's an effortlessness to watching Mark Cass that I wanted to I wanted to emulate. And he presented the fly and and began to strip. And, and I liked his cadence. Your cadence was similar to mine. Like we didn't talk about cadence, but we both went in and I think we had a similar cadence of how we we like to work that river single. Like it's it's a fly that I've fished a lot since I, I started getting into it this spring. Um, I got my first flies from you, I think in the, in the very early COVID, I, I asked Chad where I could, who, who would be a good dude to send some money to, cause I just wanted some more pike flies. And it takes me a long time to tie them. And when I get done with them, I generally fuck up the head and crowd the eye or do something. And, and they, one out of six rides right. You know what I mean? I I get out there, I get a shot. I need something that rides right and and, and fishes well and, and does what it's supposed to do. And Mark's flies totally do that. They're they're tantalizing to watch. Much like the swim bait guys, like I could see how dudes go out there and chuck swim baits and just just to watch it swim and bring it back like on conventional gear. And those dudes are hardcore. You know, the swim bait guys they are hardcore. They they are grinders, and they are willing to go throw for four days a, a four ounce bait, and it crushes them. And they're willing to stand out there in the rain and and the wind when they're in the right spot. You know that they're, they're similar to, to to musky anglers. And again, the largemouth is a tremendous predator, so they're similar. And 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 Mark's fly is like a swim bait. It's like a glide bait almost, where. It, when you when you're working it right and it kicks side to side, it's walking its dog under the water. It communicates that it's fighting for the surface and fighting for life, and it communicates its death and and it pushes all that out into the into the water and, and it's kicking and and pushing water for sure with the head. And you know it looks so sexy, you're like it's gonna happen. It, and he's doing that, and maybe ten, I don't know, five strips in, he says he ate it and i'm like holy shit and mark did so well picking line up at distance on this fish and 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 waiting on his strip set until he was true tight and burying that hook he he crushed that hook into that fish's face he punched it from a long distance i was curious and concerned about distance because like i told you i was like i can i can maybe cast it farther but i don't think i can strip good enough to hit it like I need to be hit if I'm out at 70 feet and, and Mark was probably at, I don't know, 40 feet, 50 feet. Yeah. It's and about right. 40, 50. Fish. Um, he, he drilled it and he was tied to the fish. And I didn't even really remember at the time that I had the video going. I just put my phone down because he was my chance to really help someone out when that final moment comes in the fight. And I was thrilled for that. That was an awesome feeling. I panicked a little bit when I couldn't open the net right, but this is a real Mark fire says, drill. A big fish. Get up. I'm trying to get the net up and and I come up and I was like, Where is he? Or no, I says I says, Where are we? Because I didn't know where he was and I thought, Oh, there you are. And it's a big fish. And the fir- the mistake that I made, I didn't this isn't on the video because the phone's like face down on the bottom of the Did boat, you say sorry? The mistake that I made was not grabbing the bag of the net as I went to lower it because your fish panicked when, when it saw the bag as the bag entered the water before the lip of the net. And that's when I, when I, I think I said sorry because I felt bad. <laughs> I knew what I did shortly thereafter, but I was panicky a little bit. And I let the bag hit instead of like hold that bag with a left hand, reach out with the right, drop bag, get, get the nose of the fish in there because it's a goddamn condominium and a 60 inch fish would be comfortable in there and, 
I was able to get the net under him and, and the emotion was, was so great. It was such a feeling to be able to have finally done that for somebody. And, and this guy, especially who just put me on the two dreams, you know what I'm saying? That was an awesome thing. It was really, really great to net your fish for you, Mark. Dude, that does. I'm just sitting here laughing almost. Yeah, just, I, I, right. I can still remember. I, I did it all day. Today I would just be like, I went, uh, I went and picked up chicken dinners over at the firehouse. Like our town did like a fundraiser thing. And, I went and picked him up, and I'm sitting there, and the lady's like, she takes my, my tickets or whatever. I just start chuckling. And in my head, I'm like, we caught three muskies the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's like, she says to me, she's like, what's so funny? I was like, oh, nothing, you know, but like, because she wouldn't understand, you know, yeah. she's a tourist on the beach, and it's it's tiburon. It's it's a shark. It's I mean, I it's, mean, it's, it's to, incredible. To, to put up a 39, a 40, and a 43. Well, mine was 39 oh. and quarters. Oh, that's yeah. close enough. We'll call it. Great. What's a quarter inch between friends? Yeah. Hey, uh, you we'll, don't you don't count after we, the first. We went one. under further investigation later on that one. Yeah, it was cl- really close to forty, but those are those are three awesome fish. You know, I am not size queen. Like I've always said, like TSA Target Species Acquired. We went musky fishing and we did it three times together, and that's. That's pretty crazy. It, that's a great day for anyone in any any situation targeting a predator, right? For I a mean, year or three or more. Just so you know, you yeah. did something that Mark and I have never done. No kidding. We've never both caught a fish in the same Fornicated day. and caught no three kidding. fish in yeah, one day. Exactly, right. That's so so true, too. Like, oftentimes, with musky fishing, one per, one fish makes a day, let's be honest, and if it ain't you, that's great. You ain't to bride that time, you know. Celebrate with, with, with the boy who fucking did it. It's it's great whenever anyone does it. For us both to have caught, man, I, it, you're golden. It, it's a feeling. It's really hard to describe how how resonant that is and how how powerful it is to people who don't fish or don't it doesn't have to be fishing either actually i'm I'm wrong in saying so because i just don't understand how folk in this world don't have a tremendous passion or or a, a big interest you know whatever would would motivate them and many are blessed to, to have an integrated life where that is what they make their money on but i've also found that that those who make their money on say guides or, or guys who are are fishing for, for cash like it changes it for them and, and working fellows like ourselves, you know, for us and when we can get out there on the weekend, Hey, the best time to fish, like whatever moon phase, it's whenever I can get the fuck out there and, and not have other shit going on in life. And for us, that's just, that's half the battle is getting there and the experience. And, and that's, that's great. But fuck, you get three musky in a day with, with, with this dude is just, that's, a, that's amazing. And, and it was a great day. I feel I said this is my first one. I, the first muskie I caught, I was like, damn. I'm really, really lucky because they call it the fish of 10,000 casts, and, and that's, I have not made anywhere near 10,000. And think about it. How many casts do you throw in, in a standard day's fishing this past weekend? I don't even know, but Jesus, to hook up twice and to net one for another guy, that, that's a real blessing. And it's a real, really. It, I don't deserve it. it it's. <laughs> Well, it's the, a the, the less segment into where number three came into. <laughs> yeah, where what? Where where number three was. 
Or could have been. Oh, so the, the other one? Yeah, so the next day. The next day, yeah. So we celebrated. And you guys, we had a campfire. And oh, yeah, I that was. We had a great folks. night there. Campfire, Sloppy really Joe's. Time. We um, had a heck of a night Friday night. Mark yeah, I wasn't yelling at you. Mark some fucking ridiculous brownies. And, and we had a great dinner. Again, more meat, Sloppy Joe-based. So that was <laughs> terrific. And um, it was really nice. And I slept in Mark's basement because I was filthy by that point. And I, I, I have to tell us... I have to tell us and just be honest with you. And, and it's, it's, I did not change my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I wore the same t-shirt. And the reason why is because I was like, eh, you know, these are, these have got a good vibe going. And, and you have these <laughs> miniature superstitions within yourself. Brought a hat maybe or, or whatever. And I was like, do not change that. And and again, it's like the, the legend of pig pen. He, he just gets himself, he's dirty, you know, and, and, and I am dirty. You know, right now my strip set's pretty dirty, except for the third one. So we we had a wonderful night. And, and in the morning, uh, Mark and I met up with Jay and we were going to go do another float. So I got to see three different water, water bodies too. And all within the Shenango Valley, and, and that's that's just great. And, and that valley is like a second place for me now. It's a place I feel really comfortable with. And um, we went and, and met. We was going to do a float where we had to do a uh, had to do a um, what's it called a shuttle? Yeah, we had to do a shuttle. And and so I stayed at the launch while those dudes like dropped down low and came back up and. There was this old dude fishing there, and and he was a really really nice guy again, good person. And we talked, and, and he had never caught a muskie, which blew my mind. I was like, you know, I, I didn't even, I didn't even tell him that I caught two muskie the day before because I felt <laughs> guilty. I, I have not thrown my ten, I had not thrown the requisite three thirty thousand casts. You know what I'm saying? And I've got three muskie under my belt. That's that's a blessing. I told Mark, like, remember? I don't remember how what conversation it was. We had a lot of them, but at one point I was like, I. I'm really, I'm okay never catching another one. Before, before This was before we went fishing, I think, because I was, I, I truly was. You know, I, I had caught one muskie. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm satisfied. If, if they lived here locally and I caught more or I had opportunity more, maybe I'd want more. But for me now, that was a dream come true to catch one, my childhood dream fish. And, and to catch one was just a blessing. And, and it was something, you know, it secretly began to drive me more during the COVID that guy give like, you any tips on how to catch no, your I, next I muskie? Myself, at one point or another over the past, whatever, I don't know, six or seven months, I says, it, at first, at first I truly thought, I was like, well, the world's ending. <laughs> I was like, that's it. You know, everyone's going to catch this horrible disease. It's, it's that, that movie where the dude wakes up in the hospital and everyone is dead except for like the zombie vampires. That's, that's what's happening here. I says, okay, it's all over. And, and it wasn't, and it isn't. But I honestly was, was, you know the world is it's crazy it could end for you tomorrow you could hit by a bus but all of a sudden there's this pandemic and what it made me do was say i'm going to go where my secret heart lies more i'm i'm going to be truly truly happy and truly fulfilled to the best of my ability and, and through that there will be goodness it's 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 a natural thing that when you are truly at your best there's a base hedonism to it too, because you're doing things for yourself. 
and it allows for you to do things better for others because you have scratched that itch within you that needs to be scratched. And again, I don't know how anyone goes through life without a tremendous passion or something that drives them on to wake up and, and, and slog through the everyday minutia of, of a basic existence that requires, you know, our efforts when you have your time and, and, and you're able to go out and, and get where your secret is and, and roll around in it, that's, I refused after a while to, to allow for myself not to have these pleasures, which I'm blessed that they are fishing related. You know, I can do these things safely. And I, I, as I went since the COVID, I've been very cognizant of doing my best. I didn't have to be, you know, perfect, but, when I went, I didn't want to fuck around. I wanted to really try to fish well, and it's resulted, and it, it's paid in full. The work I've done has allowed me to get paid on, on a lot of different cool fish since that happened because I've been more cognizant that the world is not ending through this thing, but guess what? It is literally ending every second. You're getting closer to the end. So with what hours you have, put yourself in your secret place and put yourself in, in your true passion. And I've been blessed to be able to do that. My wife is, is a, an amazing woman who encourages my happiness and my children also, they understand it. The whole time I was out there, I had this thing in my pocket. My daughter drew me a picture of four fish and they were rainbow colored and every one of them said, love you. And I was like, she's like, that's your, that's your good luck charm, daddy. And you know what? That freaking thing is getting laminated. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, um, it was just a blessed trip and, and we got out again and I was truly in the afterglow of that. I, I was very tired and my hip was sore, which is odd to me and a bit concerning. And I had other things going on at home that I was, you know, as a trip nears its end, there, there's a, there's a melancholia that maybe sets in a little bit where you're like, this, this thing is ending. And at the same time, that's dichotomous as well, because you're also at that time, you start realizing and becoming anxious for seeing your children again and, and kissing my wife and, and being, being back at my home and, and getting back to normal existence because the highs ain't too high and the lows ain't too low. And, it's time, you know, where you could feel that coming on a trip. And I felt that during the float. So what my big focus was really was to just soak it up a little bit. And I, within 20 minutes or 30 minutes, I put a fly up, up around the bank and it was underneath some trees. It was, it was the pink river single, right? Yeah. It was a pink, pink and purple, which is one of my like go-to colors besides that perch color. And, and a fish just came and porpoise on it and, I was at length actually on that cast too. I was probably at 40 or, or 50 feet and I sat and, and, and felt it for a moment, but I didn't, I didn't punch hard enough and the fish came free and uh, <laughs> the boat gets quiet, you know, and, <laughs> and I, it's again like the super eight because in my mind, I don't know if you guys remember this, you probably weren't watching exactly where my fly was, you know, but the fish's tail was out of the water at one point. No, oh, I, I saw all of it. Yeah, you saw all of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. The fish's tail was that. Well, did you see his tail? Like, I remember that. That was mm -hmm. like when my mind, like, flashed and, and stopped. That's when I thought it was a little, I had a little more of a hunch. It might have been a muskie than a pike. Looked a little thick. Looked a little more golden than that silver, maybe, color. I feel it was a muskie. 
Um, I think and so. And the reason I feel it was a muskie was it it felt and looked very much like the fish in Wisconsin that blew me up three times, and I missed all three, and very similar. That fish in Wisconsin was on a topwater fly, but that strike was similar in that it took the fly really close to the surface, and, and I think it was a muskie. But either way, I missed that fish, and, and it was all good, and, and it shows, too, right there, it shows, too, how how much life is truly a game of utter and complete inches because you shouldn't catch a muskie every time you go out. You shouldn't. It doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. If it does, you're fucking got a horseshoe up your ass and, <laughs> and you know, you're, you're, you're incredible because it doesn't happen every time. And in that game of inches, if it had happened as it normally does the prior day and that I didn't catch two muskie, that fish is very different in, in, in the memory of it. You know, you uh, you have to capitalize on your opportunities, especially in predator fishing. You, you you have to capitalize. You have to be mentally and physically prepared. So you know, maybe I shouldn't cast this far, even if I can. Maybe I should ask to have the boat road road closer. But you know, I'm not like I'm not I'm I, I don't give a fuck. Like if somebody if somebody asks me and everyone, you know, are you good? I'm like I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. You know. I, I'm so so happy to be out. I don't I don't feel like bossy or whatever. Whatever. I'll, I'll whatever you put in front of me is what I'm going to fish. That's fine. And <laughs> so I, I should think about that too. It's something to learn from is is stay within your capabilities. But I missed that fish, and and then we continue to drift. And Jay, I don't. What happened on your fish? I didn't see it at all. But you moved to fish for sure. Yeah, right? just like, moved to fish. A couple, couple big swipes, movements at a, at, at toward a fly, uh, and then that was it. You know, we kept throwing for it for a little bit, switched up flies on a little bit, and couldn't get it to move again. But it, yeah, just a big swipe. Who knows what it was? <laughs> Probably either who knows, either pike or muskie. One of the two. It was a muskie. I, I no, hope for you so. it was a pike. Sorry, it was a pike. Yeah, either way. I'll right, take no, no. either way. It was, it was, that was a sucker. It was a no. sucker. A sucker trying right, to eat it. A sucker. It was a walleye. Could have been. Isn't that been. what the person said to us on the bank? That's the other thing about like a cool ass river like that. Like people just don't know. A person on the on the bank actually said to us, I think it said, "Ain't hey, no, I'm a sucker's near, right?" <laughs> said, oh, I was probably a sucker. Yeah, right. Exactly. I said there are three of them right here. You say you're a sucker. <laughs> you turd. <laughs> But yeah, that was um, that was the, the flow pretty much. As we got to the end, um, Jay Jay downsized because he was like, you know what, I'm gonna catch fish, and, and he caught a few nice smallmouth, or relatively nice, and um, and Mark got a, a relatively nice pike as well. So we caught fish, and collectively that was great too for me, because the coolest thing about the last day by far for me was that I actually could could row now that where we fished was not a challenging river but i've always felt bad when i go out with folk in boats who can row that i can't row and and it was a really easy and and stress-free environment to try to learn to do that i'm really lucky when i do get out in those situations in a drift boat i don't have a drift boat or anything i have a canoe and i'm a one-man gang out here but when i get to go with somebody and they got a sweet boat they always put me on so it was nice to be able to to let you two fish together and, and, and just be there and, and gently move the boat as best I could to positions where y'all could get good casts off. So it wasn't the sausage again? It wasn't the What's sausage? That? The, the highlight of the day wasn't the sausage again? 
Well, that was what me and Mark said. After our great day on, on Saturday or Friday, he was like, "It's ma- when you have a day like that and, and you forget about how delicious those incredible sausages were, you know you really had a good day. But, th- but day three for me, the highlight was definitely the sausages. They were incredible. It wasn't Mark um, yelling at you, Mark and I yelling at you, 20 feet close or few feet closer. That was the thing. Few like, feet further. Like few feet closer. You guys are particular yeah. sons of They're bitches. They're demanding, both of them. They, they are... are uh, oh, tell me about it. One might say divas <laughs> when it comes to where they want their boat positioned for their, their casting. Yeah, they, they let me know where to go. I couldn't get there very good, but I well, tried. <laughs> I always tell everybody when I'm the rower, and like this is just something, I, like when I'm the rower, as a fisherman communicate with me because let me know if you want me to be five feet this way ten feet this way if you want me to position you this nose in what i, I can do it but i gotta know yeah. i got i can't i'm not gonna be able to do it if i don't know where you want to be either if you tell Fair. me i'll put yeah. you exactly where you want to be yeah so. that's that's true um <laughs> you you should be vocal with your partners about that stuff too you know i fish a lot with this dude Derek around here and I always have like wacky ideas when I'm like, we should do this. And, and you know, this could possibly work. Let's uh, dangle a mouse fly over the, the embankment and see, you know, just some crazy thing or weird thought I would think of. And he, he, he would always, when you tell me no, or, or sometimes say a good idea, we'll think about it or whatever. But sometimes you'd be like, um, you have to just let me do the thinking, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's true. The, the way that, that a good rower or an intuitive rower, maybe that speaks to how well you guys all row is that I didn't have to ever ask for it because I was always in a good position. Um, I was ready and, and maybe it wasn't that I would just fish whatever was in front of me. You guys gave me good waters and put me in, got me good shots. And I think that probably is, is what you'd want to do as a rower too, right? Oh, we try our best to do that. Do you ever fuck with each other? Just be like, I'm going to put him in a horrible spot. Fuck him. <laughs> all of the time. Yeah, that's great. Um, All of the time. It was it was a wonderful <laughs> trip. Um, it was just great. Uh, I had so much fun out there with you guys. Y'all are awesome people. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we we had an equally fun time with you. Oh, that was an amazing weekend. It was. It did go best. too. It did go too fast. Wait, I know it Wait. always does, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I mean. Good times go really fast. Looking back on it, it's hard to believe we did what we did in that short of a period of time. Yeah, we accomplished a lot. We, we really did. did collectively as a group of guys, and and it was it was special for me. It was really special. Yeah, the dope trip. Just 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 as much for us too. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, you man. really. You know, it's it it's really funny. Was. It it'll get you through so many things. Like at the at the pit of midnight like the worst you can always look back on those fishing trips and that's what you would hold on to in in, in hard times or remembrances of it oftentimes or one time I, I wrote something about like let me remember how it was it was the rings yeah it was like with really resonant powerful experiences the next day when you wake it feels to me like a magician's rings pulling apart where there's the sleeping side of you where your mind is where it is on its own and and utterly uncontrolled by any of your impulses or thoughts it's doing what it would do and on the waking side there's like the 
cognizant and conscious you that is operating in, in your day-to-day existence. And, and these two, two regions exist separately. And when you wake, there's that moment where the rings are pulling apart and, and there's, there's a, a moment of friction or, or, or tightness where it's the moment that they touch and, and the magician, he pulls them and he says, ha ha, see the rings, they're linked, right? And then he, he, he works his magic and, and then they're pulled apart. And, and there's that moment when you wake up after something resonant where your mind is like, did that really happen? You know, it was like that for me when my father died. I, I wake in the morning for, for weeks afterwards where I was like, no, oh yeah. You know, the rings, the, they, they were truly linked. But um, as those rings are pulled apart after it, there's there's this incredible thing like it's a moment of the rings is what i call it kind of as a as a nod to, to tolkien and, and the lord of the rings which i love but when they're both the same you know like when when the rings are together and, and the the deeply resonant moment which for me was catching those wonderful fish with these wonderful people they really happened in real life and and those rings can stay linked you know that that is a powerful and an incredible thing to carry with you as an angler. And again, like, how do you not have a great passion that, that gives you those moments of rings where, where there's a success and, and a, a good will to it, where it, it spurs within you some kind of, some kind of hedonistic joy or, or satisfaction. That's satisfaction is really the, the proper word. I, I took a photo of you where, where at the end of the day you were just standing at the front of the boat looking out and and it just spoke to satisfaction, the pose and, and, and the gait of you standing there, Mark, where, where I was like, he's a satisfied mind. And that's that's great. And, and it, it speaks to the fishing too that what a blessing that I was able to help you satisfy something within you and, and net a fish for you. And I, try to pay back what what did i owe for you having landed two for me like together that's such a great thing it was really awesome it was such a wonderful trip very deep i I was gonna mention i only not only feel like that but i sometimes feel like that after the psychedelic mushrooms psychedelic mushrooms you say yeah when you poison yourself that next day man there's a new hope yeah dude oh no you're right (laughs) (laughs) that's a very i mean from what i hear I, I, I told you. Very but... common occurrence with folks who maybe have experimented with psychedelic mushrooms. You're right. It's, I mean, there's it's a, a reality versus reality thing. And, it, it, and... it ups the new lease on life that you have. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, you it know it's capable. Things. You know, I, you know, getting a little more deep like with you, man. You know, the last time we got to meet each other, or the first time I met you, uh, we, we fished, we fished, uh, the Allegheny, and we, you do really, you know, we all get to fish together, and you get to meet Chad and I, but you really didn't get, like, the experience of fishing that we fish all the time. You know, yeah. you didn't get to fish, yeah. like, our home water. Our Allegheny's not our home water. We're, we're only, like I told you, we're only there once a year. I get to fish it right. twice a year, usually during the Beast of the East tournament, like, we fish together. Yep. And some years it's great, some years it's not as great uh, for us. Um, I love fishing it regardless, but I felt like it was so awesome that you got to come in and actually fish our water, fish the yeah. home water, fish what we fish all the time, fish what we're used to, like Mark could take it to a place where he knows the water, the lay of the land, we could take it to the river, we know the lay of the land, and I, I, I was really grateful and happy that you got to live that experience with us more. Me too, me too, 
you're you're really right, Jay. It it was it was so great to visit your waters and on your terms and, and be with you guys in that in that place. I love the Allegheny and, and it reminded me I like I like the singer songwriter Jason Molina. The late Jason Molina's songs are really important to me and he's from Cleveland. And and that area kind of like the Rust Belt, the the ethos of it and stuff is, is something that that sits well with me somehow. Um, small towns, I I truly didn't notice a lot. Of, I, I saw more mom and pop stores and chain stores out there, and you guys are really close as friends and family, and and that's that's a the community aspect of it. Friends are the family that we choose in life. You know what I'm saying, like. Apples don't fall far from trees, so I knew that I was really going to get along with you guys all, and it was great that I got to meet Michael and, and what was his name, Pops at at, at Mark's. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. Mike and Pops. his dad. Yep. I'm sorry if I yep. got that all wrong. <laughs> no, no, those. Yep, perfect. No, it was Mike and his dad. Yep, Mike and Pops. Yeah, Mike and Pops. Yeah, they were really good guys, and you guys, kids are 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 so kind and respectful and grateful. Like I brought Mark's daughter a Dunkin' drink, a Coolada. She's so thankful and just so nice, um, so kind, you know, a good kindness there. And we need more kindness in the world of, of, of community and the fly fishing community too. Like all these petty stuff and shit, like, I don't even want to hear it. It's silly. We're all just fishing and, and, you know, we should try to be, be more, more polite to each other and, and kind no matter what, no matter, and it, maybe I'm speaking this way because we're in a political season and oddly, I only visit, you know, the Rust Belt during political years, apparently, because I was there in 16 and 20. But I, I truly <laughs> believe that. Like, we should all just, if we were all just nicer, it would, it would be a lot easier, everything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you you well, definitely could come on non-election years. You're welcome. You, yeah, right. Anytime. Right. We'll see, yeah, you, was, we'll you, see you again in 2024. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hopefully was, uh, sooner. I'm bro- hey, I'm going for Kanye. Never mind this shit, right? <laughs> Yeezy. Put Kanye up in there. Who else is gonna run? You know, bring him out. Whatever. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a great trip, and I hated leaving. It was it was emotional, and I felt I felt bitter at the end in a way because I knew in my mind I was I was leaving this thing that I had looked forward to for so long, and I was leaving with such great memories. Yes, but I was still leaving, and I was I then became anxious to get on the road. Like I knew I had. Uh, I was a little more understanding of the drive this time. I was like, yeah, you got a punishing drive, and I had to get home. I had to be home today. Like, at some point today, I had to be home. So I think I did the right thing by driving out last night, and I arrived. The drive was, was uneventful, um, which is great for me, actually. But actually not. I would have. I was, I was hoping to see another mountain lion or some shit, but all I saw was tons of deer and, and <laughs> a lot of trucks. And I arrived home at about 2.30, in the morning um it took me eight and a half hours i had to stop at one point to walk about and um get some fresh air and i stopped at another point to go poop on the side of i-80 (laughs) (laughs) but you know google maps tell you seven and a half but i don't figure in for for pee breaks which I, i i just i peed in a bottle because i drank um four Starbucks espresso double shot drinks to get home in the hours that I did. So, hey, <laughs> hey, um, hey Chad, we're gonna start. We're probably gonna st- not recommended by the Surgeon General. It's probably really unhealthy. Your heart's gonna explode um, tomorrow. But yeah, um, but it was it was again. I, I listened to the great music that I love, and and I 
I thought back and, and, and just allowed myself to marinate, like Cam said, and, and just remembered and in my Super 8 in my mind, just replayed. For me, the, the apex moment of the trip was the fish on the figure 8. It was... I always wanted one on a figure eight. It's the craziest thing. You're so close. You're, you're in so tight on it. It's, it's, there's nothing like it in the world of angling, getting a fish on a figure eight versus anything else. That's, that is just, is primal to get hit that way and to hit back and, and be in and tight to that fish. That's such a primal thing. It is a great feeling. And I had all of that to remember and, and I was just so excited to get home, um, see the kids and my, um, my, uh, wife and kids had made me some cookies and my son left a little note and they were very happy for me. And, and, um, I ate the cookies. I found an old Reese's peanut butter cup where I was taking stuff out the car. I was like, Oh, I'll bring that and ate some, some food and laid down and, just let myself marinate in it until I fell asleep and I woke up at 10:30 this morning, which was the longest. I mean, it was four to 10:30. That's six and a half hours. That's solid, right? So, um, yeah, I slept it, slept in, and then uh, resumed my daily activities. But I, I like asked my wife if I could go pick up the chicken dinners because you have to have after something like that, you have to have a moment where you you can let yourself go back there and, and again nobody else understands except for those that do understand and very few of them do and you have to let yourself get take that memory down off the shelf while it's still really hot and, and put it in your in your mouth and chew on it and, and be like that was so delicious it was such a a sick thing i associate like that with with almost a religious experience and 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 uh a if you were an angler, like if you took a trout dude, this happens to all of us actually, I bet. But if you take a dude who fishes and you put them on predator water and you put them on a predator, I don't know how you don't get, get the hook buried so deep in you that that's what you want to do for, you know, I'll fish anything. I will, I will fish for two inch trout in, in fucking a four foot stream. I'll fish for any, I'll fish below the poop plant to try to find a fucking carp. I don't give a shit. But for me, the apex is the apex predator is the fish that eats all the other fish. And I just took drive during the day to go get the chicken dinners. And I was like, I'm putting the song that I associate with it now. And I'm going to let that memory just be all about me. (laughs) And it's just such a good feeling. I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. So, it Chad, was such a wonderful experience. I can't wait to do it again. I'm going to lead you right into this. So, the guy who put you on those two fish, and you're buying some of your best, best predator flies off of. Who is it? And give him a big plug. Oh, it's Mark Burns, Urban Flyco. Urban Flyco shit swims right. It is a hot fly. There's, I don't want it. I was telling Mark this, too, dude. It's like, it's like folk who drink bush beer versus folk who drink Budweiser. You know what I mean? But his fly is is the IPA. That is that is a sick fly. That is, I don't fish no other Bufords anymore or whatever. It's an urban single, river single for me. That's that is a dope fly. It, it rides right. It kicks so well. Um, he's so Mark is so generous with his knowledge too. Like he'll talk you through the creation of what you asked him to make. I asked Mark to do a few flies that were kind of like same river single style, but with more with more um, synthetic materials. Because my friend Scott, who fishes those salmon, like he likes the swing flies, 
And I've been trying to get him more into striper fishing, which doesn't hasn't necessarily appealed to him too much in the past. But I was like, you, he's also he's a big fish too. You know, he he wants he wants the biggest fish in in the joint, and he's willing to to sit out there and suffer for it to do that. But I wanted to get him to fish those Bufords for striped bass all over Cape Cod, and, and he was like, I can't really. I want to hand them. I was like, Mark will do something synthetic, and he sure would. You know, he'll work with you and and get you. And he got all them colors like up on the site, but if you wanted, you know, black and yellow <laughs> or something, <laughs> he, he would do that shit for you. His flies are, are excellent. They're tied so well. They're durable. Um, I'm loath to, I've retired two of Mark's flies. I, I caught my best striper on this spring, and I caught two muskies on another this spring. I got two of them up on the wall. I could take those down, fish them for five, six more of those terrible toothy fish, those apex predators, and then still hold up. They're really good flies. Where are we finding them at? Urbanflycompany.com? Urbanflycompany.com. I, I appreciate yeah. the kind I, words, I my friend. I am not paid to say this, honestly. This, this <laughs> hey. Is, I, I've told him that in the past. You know, your flies swim right, man. They're, they're uh, awesome flies. Uh, I, I, I greatly stuff. appreciate it. Thank you. All those... I spread them around. You know, I gave them to this dude, Cam Chiaffi, who's who's an incredible fisherman and, and a good friend of mine now. And, and he's fishing them for his largemouth and for pike up here. And, and I, I've given a few to my other striper buddies or try to be like this try this and everyone wants to throw closer but i found when i when i threw on one of the murder singles i was just catching bigger fish <laughs> period <laughs> me too they, me, i found the same great, thing great fly for almost any predator animal like largemouth here in connecticut love that fly you can kick it through a I, what i would do when i fish marks flies up here for largemouth well, cool way to fish them really too is i take my canoe and i go like up in a weed bed and there'll be like these eight seven five foot holes I just cast to the far side of that hole, just literally just fish the hole and then pick it up. And it's light enough that you can do this too. Like you can pick it up to the top at the end of the hole and get it in the air and, and repeat the cast. You don't have to like, you're not going to have to go through all the other weeds and stuff. The other thing is that the head <laughs> on, on a non-sparse one almost acts a little bit as a weed guard. I found uh, they don't, they're going to get weeds if you're fishing for <clears throat> weeds. There's just no way around it. And I don't want a weed guard when I'm fishing for anything because I don't think it prevents it, – it stops the hook set a lot of times. But you, it, the head will kind of push it side to side and get get stuff out of the way, and, and the, the fly comes through that. Mark, I like – I kept telling you, like, I was like, I like it that I'm taking the tops of these weeds with these flies, you know, at, what, like a foot down. I'd feel that weed tick, and, and you can rip it through there too, and, and that works too, you know. Every one of, hold on one second. Every one of Mark's flies is tied on an Airx hooks, and you can find those at airxhooks.com. Jason, you're fired, man. I'm fired. I'm hey, fucking fired. I'm sorry. What's the name of that place we got the sandwiches? Where did we, where did we get sandwiches? Where did we get sandwiches? Yeah, where did we get sandwiches? Sheets. Chad. Oh, sheets. Sheets. Oh yeah. And oh no, sheets. we went Speedway. Oh, there you go. And Even better. Now you're living. Western Pennsylvania. Don't forget to go to Speedway for your most delicious <laughs> cheddar bacon chicken sandwich. It, it, and it can come with lettuce or onions. See, and you can get some actual vegetables on your trip to Western PA. So there's that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or you can just hang out with Mark. There are potatoes in Pennsylvania also. And delicious, which is fine. <laughs> but just watch it on I-80 East at 2 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great trip with you fellas. I, I truly did. I can't wait to do it again. And I, 
I mean what I say, like, my home is your home. If you ever get to New England, uh, it would be a pleasure and an honor to be a uh, host for y'all. It, it was a great time. Oh, it, it, we're definitely going to take you up on that. Pleasure and was I, all ours. And, and the waiters you're wearing on this trip, were they Sims? Mine? You can check them out. Yeah, oh, you can check them I out at simsfishing.com. Sims, <laughs> yeah. Sims waiters are, are really, they are the, I mean, y'all waiters are, are the, um, those Sims waiters are the the top of the line. Hey you Chad, know, next time you're planning a trip on going out of town, you should check out Why Not Fishing and wrap the dock. <laughs> yeah, you can meet like-minded fishermen. <laughs> yeah, I think Pogo's on that stuff. Just buy a Yeti to bunk your fish and throw them in. What is it? I can't. I couldn't hear. Yeah, you, you need the Yeti cooler after you bonk a oh. couple. So when you're bringing your sausages for the next day, stuff it in your hey, Yeti listen, cooler. If you're gonna if you're gonna put your sausages that are that delicious in a damn Coleman, I don't even want to fish with you. But seriously, it's gotta be a Yeti. How, how nice was that Yeti right. though? Having for the couple of days, that thing right. is some no. money. You, you better have a Yeti, and you better have some really nice cutlery. You know, a charcuterie board. Don't you love those folk who go eat them fancy cheeses and shit? <laughs> paper plates. We're fancy, man. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but we, we only make meat sausages, plates here. No cheese. Too, by the way. Just meat plates. Mason, don't forget to oh. hit Mason jars. If, if, you're in, if you're in Western PA, you better get yourself some Mason food, right? And by the way, also, if you're Western PA Amish, I know a house you can use a phone. It's Jay's. <laughs> yes, by, yes, yes. Uh, yes, drive on oh. by on your so horse and buggy. It, 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 and it, 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 to support our flow today, Cold Springs. They got some good donuts. They should do, man. Oh, God, dude. Yes, we did. <laughs> Those were awesome. And, and also, don't forget, Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, We've got to give credit. We've got to give credit. The iced coffee at Dunkin' Donuts is Do we miss anybody, You can't get a better iced coffee. Hey, next time, next time you come out, you should get yeah. a trip with a Queen City Guiding. Ryan Evans. Oh, Queen City Guiding. Check yeah, him out no, at queencityguiding.com. I really wanted to meet Evan. Evan was going to float with us on the last day, but he couldn't. Uh, he, I think he had some client issues or something, but he's uh, he's a guy. That's another one of them. You know, the dudes I wanted to meet when I was out there. So looks like I got to go back and get out with Queen City Guiding for a, a wonderful day of predator fishing. 